Hello, beautiful people. It is Wednesday, April 27th, and we are currently in the eve of the draft spectacular, and life is good. Yeah! Can't thank you enough for joining us here at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. All eyes. All eyes are on tomorrow night's draft spectacular. We know it's going to be a six-hour show. We have no idea what's going to happen during it. We have special surprise guests. We have big giveaways. And we have been prepping for this for at least the last 48 hours. Yeah, at Bingo. least. This is big for our show. Oh, yeah. This is big for our company. We've actually started looking into this so we can enjoy this draft spectacular as opposed to the social experiment that the draft spectacular has been in years past. Normally, the first year we did the draft spectacular two years ago, um, we didn't know what I never watched the first round of the draft, I realized, <laughs> as we were live and the show just dragged on for six hours. Mm-hmm. We were not prepared for no. it. No, no, no. A lot no. of people watched. We appreciated everybody watching, but it became almost like a uh, car crash train wreck situation while people watched. Last year, we were in the living room in Tampa Bay. That's mm-hmm. right. That thing we prepared a little bit more for, but once again, we forgot food, right? and we also forgot how long the fucking draft yeah. is. Yes, and what time it actually starts. Boom. This year, we are pros. This year, we are veterans of the game. This year, we know that we have been prepared Mm -hmm. for a 10-hour show, if need be. Because this particular draft, it sounds like, and this point was mentioned yesterday, every single team is going to take the maximum amount of time available, which is 10 minutes, because it sounds like every single team is looking to trade out of the first round. So that means every pick is going to be 10 minutes. You do some quick math, there's 32 teams, let alone a 20-minute buildup. Yep. That's 320 minutes plus at least another 30 on top of that. We're looking at 350 uh, minutes tomorrow. <laughs> oh, wow. Six hours, just about. Not Let's too go. bad. Yeah. It's a marathon. Yeah. You know? Come on. Big giveaways, though. We're going to be giving away a lot. And also, we uh, are going to introduce something this year that we haven't done in years past, which was just sitting there so obvious. Uh, this year, we will introduce the PMS FanDuel Fan Cam, which will be reactions around Twitter from fans of their team's draft picks. If it's good enough to make it on the show, you get $500. Wow. Ooh. Here we go. We have other big giveaways. We're going to be giving away things like uh, massage chairs and Oculus. Okay. What? Yeah, like things like that throughout the entire evening you know whenever things get a little dry which happens a lot during the draft boom let's give something away we got shit on deck hell yeah we obviously announced that Aaron Rodgers is going to be on Whoa. that's right we announced this yesterday Chris Ballard's going to be on sure that's right I'm here to announce another one of our guests Ooh. okay whoa no because then they're not surprise guests if I announce everybody yeah because you got I'm not announcing half and half. Okay. half, half and half. <laughs> okay. half. Okay. okay. Maybe. Maybe more than half. Maybe We're going into a couple half. different wars, uh, war rooms, though. And everybody needs to be pumped up. I'm very pumped up about that. Uh, Darius Butler will be live in the studio. AJ Hawk will be in his attic in Ohio because he didn't prepare for the third straight year yep. to be uh, on. Kind of on. Per usual. He's the worst. What's his problem? I don't know. He absolutely blows, probably. He's not a champion of the draft spectacular at all. That's right. No, he's not. He's a bad gambler. He's almost like he's embarrassed of the draft spectacular. Kind That's why he wants to be like over. It does seem that. like that. He doesn't want to be with us and celebrate no, with us. Yeah. We'll ask him about that in the second hour. First hour today, we got Sham Sharanya. Second hour today, alongside AJ Hawk, we got Joel Klott uh, from Fox and the NFL Network's draft coverage. He calls games all fall alongside Gus Johnson. They are great in the booth together. Yes. 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 Dynamite. 
College football is college football. Mm-hmm. It's a much different game than NFL football. Obviously, the atmospheres are electrifying. Gus and Joel call it great college football. They do. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would assume they do great in the NFL as well. I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever heard them. Heard Gus on the NBA. He crushed it. Gus and Joel are a tag team that, uh, you know, the football world is very thankful for. And Joel makes his uh, PMS show debut today. Yeah. Hey, that's right. Joel. I've never met this guy. Okay. I've had zero interactions with him. I'm not even sure he knows who I am or I know anybody that he knows. I assume we've encountered sure. a couple people, but right. I, I know nothing about this guy. I cannot wait to chat with him. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. Like like you said, I think they're one of the few booths that actually, like they do enhance the product. Yes. Especially I think so. when you're watching the Big mm-hmm. Ten, like it's, I'm juiced up if Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson are calling an Iowa game. Bingo. That means it's a big game, and it'll feel like a big game. Right. Which is really the only thing that matters. And then in the third hour live in the studio right there, Matt Ryan. I guess this is not his first interview since becoming a cult. Obviously, he had his press conference and some other Uh things, but I have not heard him speak much, so that's 100% on me for not doing enough research. I got a lot of questions for old Matty Ice. That's going to be sitting right here. The first thing I'm going to let him know, is how thankful I am that he's an Thank idiot. You, That's right. Sure. I'm going to make sure he feels the love immediately upon walking in the studio. Mm-hmm. Man. Like, hey, thank you for wearing that suit. Thank you for acting the way you act. Thank you for being the way you are. And thank you for taking this cold scene in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Now, with that being said, let's talk a little shop here. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor, what did you tell me about him? And now, yeah. I, but I am excited to talk to Matt Ryan. There's a lot that has happened in his entire career. Mm-hmm. At what point did he know he was done in Atlanta? You know, that, that's a big decision, especially somebody that was that deep into the trenches of the community and the city mm-hmm. and the team and the fabric, basically, of Atlanta. Matt Ryan was kind of weaved into all of that. At what point did he realize it was over? And how often did his wife ask, like, what is Indianapolis like? Like, are we going from Atlanta to fucking Indianapolis? Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that a conversation or not? Just all those things I'm excited to hear about. Also, your phone calls on the 5 Energy phone line. Uh, one eight three three four McAfee. We'll chit chat with everybody tomorrow's show, noon to two here. YouTube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. Then we will all get home and continue, or get out of here and continue our preparation for the draft spectacular, which is our biggest show every single year. It would be cool if it wasn't though. Yeah. yeah, like if tomorrow does terribly, that'd be great because we won't have to do a fourth one. Temper expectations with three. Here's Atone Diggs, one half of the hammer. Done. Cowboys, you love the draft. Have always loved the draft. Look forward to the draft. Actually pumped up about the draft without the draft spectacular being a thing. You, yeah. Before I came out to Indy, uh, Pat, prior five years previous to that, uh, I attended a draft night spectacular party with co-workers for the five years previous to that. So, it yeah, wasn't it was, spectacular. It was just a draft standard. Getting boozed up. Yeah, yeah. Right. Ours is a draft spectacular. That's right. Uh-huh. There's That's right. a draft standard party. Yeah. Draft standard party. So, yeah, I mean. Standard draft party. Standard, standard, draft, standard party. draft party. It was probably a lot more fun than ours because no, we, no, they're no, not no. on camera the entire time. We're on not camera. Not performing, just no. join the event. Yeah, we are being watched <laughs> as if we but are yes, love in the a draft. zoo. Sure. Love the draft. Why? I don't know. I think Percentages say these guys aren't going to work. I probably first and foremost, it's an NFL event. So like automatically checks a box there. Just like I enjoy like the like I like I like college football. So then this is the next step. There's fucking glitz. There's glamour. You get to see everybody and there's Rogers there. You get to be happy. You get to be happy for everybody. You get to everyone's positive. Every team. Well, not every team. Because, you know, 
you could trade up like for a quarterback when you have a, like a Hall of Famer and an MVP and stuff. Yeah, like okay. That. So yeah, not everybody's happy, but a lot of people are happy. Like a lot of people have optimism. I like that. I just it's a feel good affair. The draft spectacular has been terrible for Ty Schmidt. You just referenced it. Yeah. yeah. Like personally, professionally, Jeez. it's been great. I want to let everybody know Ty might have his best performance yet mm-hmm. by far. Might. Much. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. we'll see. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see. Yeah. We'll see. ABD. <laughs> Find out tomorrow. This has been fun, though. This has been like uh, enjoyable. I was actually up rather late last night just thinking about the draft mm-hmm. spectacular because there's been a lot of other stuff going on in our world. Obviously, our show, everything is just like day to day. Let's just do what's in front of us. I've talked about this. I'm not a chess player. I'm a checkers player. What's right in front of us? Let's go ahead and accomplish it. I try to live in the moment as much as possible, no matter what I'm doing. If I'm doing business, I try to be all in in that particular call. Let's go ahead and make this thing happen. If I'm doing WWE, I try to be all in WWE. Let's enjoy this moment as much as possible. Let's give it everything. When we're doing the show, same exact thing. So the forethought is not necessarily my bread and butter. It's like, I want to be right here. It's draft spectacular. I feel like we've really put some thought into, and that might be to our, you know, demise, because we never do that. Maybe. This might be like the Halloween party where all of our cameras crashed. Oh, yeah. Right? Just, what was that? An hour, 10 minutes before the show started. That was brutal. Mm -hmm. It was the first thing we ever really prepared for in this show's Mm -hmm. history, and it went down, but I think the draft spectacular is going to be pretty neat. Ty, you got to be looking forward to this, pal. I mean, I've already seen I've already seen some of you from Draft Spectacular, and I'll tell you, you got to be looking forward to tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. Always am. I mean, like you said, we don't really – I mean, the show is every single day, but we don't really have anything on the calendar where you circle year after year where it's like, okay, you know exactly what you're getting into. You know what the expectations are. You know what you have to do. And then actually having your team potentially have, like, an impactful night in the draft is kind of just a little bonus. So it really is, you know, it's kind of like a performance at the start. And because the Packers are usually back there, then, you know, your butthole tuckers up a little bit and it's like, get ready for the pick. And you just hope they don't just rip your heart out, which they they kind of have the last two years. Last year, not so much. It was more so Rodgers leaving. But, you know, and then already we're hearing, hey, Waller's not going to be going there. Debo's probably going somewhere else. So it's like, all right, well, let's let's lock in on the draft picks. And <laughs> just let's like see four who, days ago. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Four so. days ago, Darren Waller was maybe coming and Debo was maybe a Packer. And yeah. Life was so good yep. for Ty. And then this morning, new sources. Well, Debo's probably going to the Jets. Mm-hmm. If he is going to be moved, he's going to go to the Jets. They are going to put a very aggressive offer on the table because Bob Sala loves the guy and they need him. Mm-hmm. They absolutely need somebody like him. So they're going to get aggressive, especially in that AFC East who's been making all the moves. And then Darren Waller, holy hell, this guy's going to be moved for a second round draft. That's yeah. it. He's going to be a backer for a second round draft. wait. And then uh, Derek Carr says, nah. And then more reports are coming out. Darren Waller's not going anywhere. Firm no. Raiders are disinclined to acquiesce that request. <sighs> Tony. Been reading the dictionary. <laughs> spectacular week. Well, said, well, Jeremy Fowler used acquiesce, and I only know that because Captain Barbosa said that to Elizabeth Swan in Pirates of the Caribbean. Shout and, out Johnny know. Depp. Johnny Depp's really yeah. putting his best performance forward <laughs> yeah. right now. Yes. That yes. is that is funneling through everybody's social media accounts right now. At some point, you have seen Johnny Depp make a hysterical comment mm-hmm. while under oath testifying about himself. Yeah. That's right. We're in the last at, four or five days. We're laughing mm-hmm. at her lawyer for yes. objecting his own statement. Or <laughs> fucking with her lawyer for being, yeah. Just, Absolute doofus. Here's Absolute. Go yeah. on. Objection. <laughs> there it is. The witness on the stand, too. Was like, a couple oh, of God. him looking, saying, uh, well, he did tell me, Objection. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. That lawyer, he's 
normally these television lawyers that get a, on TV oh, and do yeah. a case, their careers go like this. Oh, yeah. I feel like Amber Heard's Probably. Career. Yeah. This is his last yeah, case. Is this the first guy that's ever lost an entire... He lost his entire bar because of <laughs> it. He, Big he, time. He, is there, he objected himself yeah. yesterday. I mean, he is just stumbling and fumbling all over him. Imagine being the lawyer, though, jumping into like that le like legit shitty situation. Like They, oh, they, they lost already. The there it is. Like, that lawyer has no chance. Well, you know... The jury loves Johnny. That's well, the entire doesn't? setup. I mean, you got to remember Johnny Depp's life was like just completely taken to. Oh what, yeah, what seems like is a complete lie now mm -hmm. that we're watching it all unfold. And that lawyer, you know, he was coming in guns blazing, probably telling all his lawyer friends going in this trial. Wait till you see what I do. Oh, it's just a bury him. Wait till you see what I do. Jack Sparrow's fucked. That dude's going back to like um, what's the lower level of legalese? What are those like, uh, paralegal? Good, paralegal. He's going yeah. back yeah. to be the paralegal. Yeah. guy. <laughs> Uh, anyways, good luck out there. They why would they trade Darren Correct. Waller? They have two years left, six point eight million and like seven million Correct. or whatever, yeah. two deals. And although Darren Waller can't be happy about the amount of money he's getting paid, especially with the how big of a focal point he's been on the offense of the offense for so the last what couple years, every primetime game he gets the ball every single game. That's not the Raiders probably like, hey, we're not moving on from you yet. Hold on, pal. Yeah. If we had one year left, maybe now we're not going to do it. Which stinks for the Packers, stinks for the Colts for sure. But once again, it feels like everything we're hearing. This this week is all fugazi. Yeah. And we have to remember that. Everything's a lie. Two days ago, it was allegedly reported that the Jaguars aren't thinking about Aiden Hutchinson or Trevon Walker. Mm -hmm. It's actually icky oh. out of NC State. They're mm. thinking about taking a tackle. It's nothing that we have heard, you know, it, it feels like is going to end up coming true. And this is the last two years of the draft spectacular we experienced this where we were like, hey, next year we got to remember, mm -hmm. like, everything's bullshit. Yes. Next year we got to remember, everything's bullshit. Mac Jones is going three overall. Yeah, should have been. I mean, that was locked in since literally Alabama Pro Day mm -hmm. when John Lynch and Shanahan <laughs> traded all three, two first rounders and another one for to go up to number three overall. Zach Wilson was already locked in. Trevor was already locked in or whatever. It's like Mac Jones is going at three overall to San Francisco. What happens at four? That was like, the conversation for two months it was just locked in basically boom month and a half mac jones going to san fran then literally morning of we're the ones that change the entire like no that's not the case and that changes everything mm -hmm. yeah for the entire draft and i think we're staring at that yet again especially with all the unknowns of this year connor this year i mean we don't know any of the fucking people in the draft i mean no. mitt mitt is going to put out his 5.0 his fifth and final mock today yep. Can't wait. we're going to go through that at some point and he's got twenty thousand dollars on the line yeah Jesus. if his mock is more accurate and we did find a, a scoring system mm -hmm. if his mock is more accurate than the other main mocks mitt gets 20 grand wow Whoa. okay this is a big couple days here for mitt yeah. yeah this is a big deal yeah. for mitt obviously he just bought a mustang probably looking to buy another one sure. right. maybe a couple more fancy jays for his yeah. yeah he's gonna be he, he'll spend that 20 grand before he even gets it yeah. but oh, yeah. he would like to earn that he has quite a shakeup in his fucking oh, mock draft yeah. as well and it's like mitt who are you talking to and he's just trying to get a read of everything mm -hmm. There is nothing concrete, it feels like, about this draft at all, Connor. No, I feel like all three of the top picks, like no matter who it is, one of, a, one of them is going to trade back. Like If everyone's trying to trade back, you got to think there's at least one But team. once again, we don't know if that's true. No. It, yeah. it, everybody's trying to trade back. That could mean 
that everybody's trying, trying to, trade to trade up. up. Yeah. yeah. This is like we're watching a poker game play. Mm-hmm. We're watching people, and we don't know the cards. We're watching people make plays, leverage plays that might be a month and a half in process. Like now, Seattle hasn't even talked to anybody allegedly. Seattle hasn't talked to anybody, and they're doing, and it'll come out on draft night. Like they actually did that on purpose because they didn't want anybody to think that they were interested. That's why they took blah, blah, blah. Like there's a chance that that happens, and it always makes sense afterwards. But leading up to it, it's tough to get a good grasp on things yeah like i before the show i was like what if just no quarterbacks get drafted in the first round like what happens if every single team's like you know what some one of these guys is going to be there in the second round let's just keep passing on them keep passing on them like the panthers this whole entire time have been talked about like hey they're a lock they're going to take a quarterback and now in the past couple days it's like actually they're probably going to take a tackle and then see what falls to them later in the draft i mean the three months since the season ends or since January when college football ends has just been all this, you know, talk about these top guys. And now we have no idea the day before because everybody might take the exact opposite of what we thought they were. If take. no quarterbacks were taken, by the way, that would be exactly what they were saying like two months ago. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Two yeah. months ago, all these mm-hmm. quarterbacks were terrible. Uh, none of them are that physically imposing. Mm-hmm. I guess some of them have good arms or not good experience. There's no reason to waste the number one overall on any of these quarterbacks. And then free agency comes and goes, and there's a couple teams that still need a quarterback, and it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, this guy, he's got a little bit more vascularity than we thought. <laughs> Put this fucking ball in your hands. Hey, hey spin that pigskin ball. <laughs> yeah. But if none of them go, like that would be what was said two months ago. And I think as we continue to roll into Draft Spectacular 4, Draft Spectacular 5, we have to continue to remember what when is the most accurate time yeah. of the entire draft sure. process. Is it a month and a half ago before free agency? Is it immediately afterwards? When is the most accurate draft analysis happening? And when does Fugazi start? Or is that immediately happening as soon as the season is over? You would think that it would be accurate like soon as the college football season's over. Which typically Though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. he, Thibodeau I, was number one overall in January. Yeah. Tell you what, I've been watching some tape on the guys, you know, just so I have some information. And uh, hey, thank you for that, by the way, because there will be uh, eighteen, maybe not twenty picks, probably sure. tomorrow night, where not a single one of us will know the person's name, position. <laughs> Or where they came from. No, no clue. And that won't just be me. That'll be AJ won't have a clue. Yep, yep. Darius does a little draft yeah. analysis. Yeah, yeah, Darius yeah, might know. know. You guys certainly won't fucking know. Nobody back there will know. <laughs> so we all automatically all like kind of look at Tone like, Tone, do you know who this guy is? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you don't have a fucking clue. Sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But like um, Thibodeau and Hutchin, I think they might be better players than Walker. They might go number one. Who knows? Uh, but uh, looking at the quarterbacks, I saw a graph this week that – the first quarterback taken in the last 20 years was either in the top three or there wasn't a quarterback taken until like after 18. I think. Oh, mm. like so, analytics. So if, like, yeah. if history suggests anything, if they don't go in the top three, they're not going to go until the bottom half of the first round, the first quarterback. I can't wait for the draft. Yeah, that's why Detroit, like Detroit's in the best position. It feels like they can yeah, take yeah. a guy at two and then they 32. can wait to see who falls at 32. Yeah, and they could trade out of two, too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They can act like they want a quarterback or want somebody. They can trade out of there. Mm-hmm. Or they can take Hutchinson and bring the Michigan guy back home if he's not mm-hmm. taking number one overall, which he was, by the way, number one overall for two months straight. Yeah. yeah. So none of it. <laughs> why is everybody. Why are you always lying? Why are you always lying? All these NFL teams bullshitting, lying. Why is everybody lying? 
Foxy? I don't know, but that feels like the only no-brainer of the draft. If Hutchinson is available at two, the Lions will take him. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, you got to keep him guessing. Hopefully. If Mm -hmm. MCDC does the predictable thing, is he still MCDC? That's That's a good point. And what if someone else loves ball more than, you know, anybody else in the draft? Then they go to. There's been a lot of people coming, like, Aiden Hutchinson's athleticism has been questioned, I think, mostly because he is a white. Yeah. He's, everybody's just kind of put a cap on his athleticism. Mm -hmm. And that has been a thing that the Aiden Hutchinson camp has been trying to combat, I think. That's why you heard Har- Harbaugh come out and say, his three count is literally faster than any other human that's ever done it. Then you hear some other people like, this guy is a freak specimen athlete. I don't know why it's being talked about that. Aiden is hearing all this as well. Sure. Mm-hmm. And if Aiden's going to be the guy that, you know, Bobby Carpenter said yesterday, he's going to come in for 10 years. Like, yeah. that, if you can get a guy that you know is going to be a lock, is that who you want to spend your first round pick on? Yes. That's what I think so too. But yes. I guess Balky has a big like uh, yeah. upside. See, What's upside? Yeah, we can get the best player potential, potential and we don't have to pay him a lot. Especially when you're the Lions and you fucked up past draft picks. You just take the guy that's a lock and you keep it moving and everyone's happy. They well, that's what that you're saying, year. but yeah. the Lions. Yeah, and with the Jags, like if they take a D lineman, they already have Josh Allen on the other side. Like <laughs> how great does the guy have to be immediately? So like if they are looking for a project sure. and if Walker is technically that guy, like you already have another D end on the other side that can make plays and you don't have to be you know the guy like i feel like if hutchinson goes to detroit he has to be the guy on the d-line right away and mick can echo this sentiment because he grew up in a coach's house or whatever potential get your ass fired mm-hmm. that is that's like the biggest that's the biggest uh i think disagreement between the coaching staff and like the front office of nfls because the front office of nfls are normally the ones making decisions on drafts and they're like uh the coaches ask question like hey why do we take this guy this guy well, he has the potential to be uh, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then one year passes, hasn't hasn't clicked yet. Mm-mm. Two year passes, hasn't clicked yet. Well, that coach hasn't got this player to the potential that the front office thought it was. We could probably move this coach out and let's get somebody else in there. Where a lot of these coaches are like, can we not get like a guy who's yeah. maybe a good football player already mm-hmm. and then we can make him a little bit better? Yeah. And it's, it's that fine balance of who... You know, who has the zoomed out view of like five years from now what this player could be, where the coaches are trying to save their job this year and be the best they can be this year. That's why the draft adds so many extra elements of emotion and drama because it's like there's going to be pissed off fans. There's going to be pissed off coaches yep. in buildings that can't say shit, by the way. Those coaches, mm-hmm. hey, we'll give you the players. Sure. All right, we will give you the players. Even though the coaches say, you're not going to ask a chef to cook with ingredients that he doesn't get to pick. Why are you asking us to coach players that we have no say in or whatever? And it's like, well, you just got to do that. It, there's so much drama in the draft, so much drama. And just like I mentioned Tony Analytics earlier, stats tell us that all these dudes, most of these dudes are going to stink. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Most Absolutely. of these dudes are not going to pan out, which, which is tough. We don't like that. We don't like that that's the case, but that is the case. Well, and when you just look at like previous drafts where like that was kind of the thought, like Colin Farrell was the fourth overall pick to the Raiders, and he was all, you know, potential and and they pick Max Crosby in the third round, and he blows everybody away because he was kind of a guy. And that's also why it's awesome being a Patriots fan because you know, you know, if they're drafting someone, he's either a guy or he's going to come in and get unbelievable coaching by Bill, like Kyle Duggar, who was the D two safety who got drafted in the second round. That they traded out of the first round for had like a okay start in the first season, but like by season two, you know, he's going to come in, have all the knowledge, be kind of more experienced, and be very good, which he was this year. Like if you're one of those teams in the top three. How are you going to get like draft potential when you, you need to get a guy immediately, or else you're going to be picking in the top three next year again? That is so interesting because your team stinks right now. Patriots yeah. don't stink; they got time. Yeah, exactly. The Patriots got a roster that hey, we can develop some guys. Mm-hmm. We can hope that this guy will be able to take over this legend that we're going to force out 
All right, that's what the Patriots think. Mm-hmm. Once this legend, sure. we're going to force them out. Only with, with quarterbacks, not with any no, other basically teams. every other. Yeah. Brewski, yeah. Vinatieri. I mean, there, there's I mean, a long history. No, no, no. Don't, don't even get into it. There's Bruschi. a long history of running people out of time. Brewski mm-hmm. needed to call it, okay? We, everyone was worried about his health. I think that was, you know, a team. Uh, I mean, the Patriots own the media network that you guys are hearing all your news from. Richard sure. Seymour, Vince Wolf, or Richard Randy Moss. Willie, I think. Willie yeah. got pushed. Willie. Yeah. McGinnis. This is what you guys do. Willie didn't get pushed out. Why ain't nobody pushing Willie anywhere? By the way, I see that motherfucker. He's still as big as that goddamn door. Yeah, a lot of times it comes down to the money because these guys, you know, they have their best years in New England and they deserve to get paid. But unfortunately, Gronk, he tried to trade him. Gronk, I mean, he retired. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys force out everybody, but that's you guys have the patience though. I'm gonna get this player. We're gonna coach him up. We're gonna make him better. Then whenever this player, who's really good, who's done a lot for us. Okay, and we're not grateful for it all. But when this player gets to a point where he's like, you know what, I like to get paid, mm-hmm. we're going to go, oh, cool, because this fucking fifth rounder, boom, will kind of take over your spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what the Patriots have been able to do. That's why 20 years of success happens, by the way. That's why the dynasty happens, because they have a almost like a feeder system. The teams up in the top who have been – Jacksonville has picked number one overall yeah. two years in a row, and they – there's no sense of that slowing down. No, no, no. Yeah, it, it really does seem like the philosophy should be flipped around. Like, you know, the, the same deal with like the Packers or the Steelers. Like most of the time when they're picking a guy, I mean, you don't count Jordan Love recently, but like that guy is going to end up probably being an impact player or mm-hmm. he's going to see significant snaps the next year as opposed to, you know, where he could go somewhere else and be a guy the entire year but they're they're projecting it like oh well this guy he has the potential to be incredible in the next two you know, three, three years yeah, three to four years but all those guys in the back half of the draft typically are guys who are making an impact right away so my um a thing i learned my rookie year with the colts and west virginia we didn't haze anybody I don't think. No, there was like no hazing. Like nothing. Yeah. I've heard stories about other hazing situations in football. I did not grow up in the football world. So when I heard these stories, I was like, all right, is this going to happen to me? Like, (laughs) you know, I had to have, I'd have my eyes dotted and my T's crossed. If this situation arises, how am I, you know, I had to think about it. No hazing. There was no, like none of the shit that you hear. Then you get to the uh, the NFL and you see like people shave people's heads and they do all that shit. You got to do this and you have to carry pads and do like the natural uh, young, like earn your stripes stuff. But Peyton Manning and the boys up there, they were adamant upon like, hey, we're going to need these rookies to win a fucking game. Like Mm -hmm. we are going to need seven to eight of these rookies to play meaningful minutes for us, whether it's teams, whether it's on defense, whether it's on offense. I don't think anybody expected any of the rookies, especially ended like, hey, this guy isn't going to come in and be like our star. Like we don't need right. But we're going to need this class to perform well for us if we're going to want to go and win because injuries happen and it's with the salary cap with how cheap people are. It's just how do you pick and choose who's going to be good and who's not going to be good? I have no idea. But if you're number one, number two, number three overall, you would assume, give me the guy that's going to be a guy. Yeah. Because if you want to make your team right now better, which should be your goal, I guess, but everybody thinks long-term, I, yeah. whatever. If you want to win right now, like you should pick the player that's ready to be dropped onto the field right now. Right. But if you just want your resume to say that you drafted – you know, this player in five years, he's going to become a remember bulky drafted, blah, 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 Alden Smith. Yeah. Alden Smith. Yeah. blah, 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 blah. But although like the first three years, they weren't worth a the fuck. They turned into it. It's like, what are you sacrificing in return? Because the ultimate projection of your resume will be like, oh, this guy drafts great players. That's all a philosophy that I'm happy. I don't have to fucking deal with. I'm happy. I don't have to get in that conversation because give me the guy that's going to be a guy right now is who I want because I want to win this year. And some people just don't think like that. And I guess you're not supposed to in some positions. 
Well, and that's why when you look at the Jags and they're talking about these D linemen, it's like, hey, you just drafted a quarterback last year. Like, you might as well build up his offensive line and see if he's an actual guy before, like, thinking about we need to get our defense good. If you're In not five gonna... years from now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, come on. You have Trevor Lawrence. Like, let's see if he's a very good quarterback or if maybe, you know, you got to think about in the next few years when you're the number one pick next year if you want to take <laughs> C.J. Stratt or not. They restructured or uh, they extended – the tackle, yeah, mm-hmm. I believe right tackle, Cam Robinson, yeah, uh, left, I think. left, yeah, left tackle. He was franchise tag. He wasn't going to sign it. They ended up making a deal with him. He has been um, long term for the Jags, left tackle. So they are working on the offensive line. Uh, the Jaguars and franchise tag offensive tackle Cam Robinson have agreed to terms a three year, fifty four million dollar deal, eighteen million per. We don't know what's real. Nope. Nope. We don't know what the deal's worth. $18 million. Congratulations. That feels like a good price for a left tackle. Bro. Yeah. Very good. Especially if they're paying Christian Kirk what they're paying Christian Kirk. Yeah. Eh, good for Cam. He's probably happy. He's getting a lot of fucking yeah. money. Hopefully. Yeah. We don't know how much money he's actually getting, but hopefully he's getting a bunch of money. So maybe they are investing in the offensive line. Does that mean they're going to try to get a right tackle? Or are they going to mm. try to get somebody else to protect him at number one overall? Is that where you go? Or are they trying to trade out? I have no idea what the fuck. So that, I looked at that because, you know, just because he got signed to left tackle doesn't mean you can't take one of these guys to play right tackle. Uh, their right tackle is Juwan Taylor, who was the number 35 overall pick in 2019. So I assume they're probably going to see what he can do for another is he good i don't know new coach to be honest i don't know yeah i assume everyone on that team kind of fucking stinks just sure. because they're the number one pick again even though they beat the bills they did. but it was only nine six they, they didn't score a touchdown yeah they did oh yeah the that was yeah. the wildest yeah. thing urban bowl uh-huh. nine six still besides yeah. the jaguars and they the beat the dolphins right yeah, yeah. in london and they and beat the colts, colts too yeah, they did. Now, I mean, but Clanton last week. Urban season. wasn't there. They were playing for a different coach. Not Carson. Carson went to Washington. Bill's win was post chop house, and Urban was still there. Clanton. So that was more embarrassing, I think. Yeah, because they rallied around the finger guns. They did. Bingo. Uh, let's pivot away from the NFL and the draft spectacular because we'll have a lot of conversation about that for the rest of the show as we are excited mm-hmm. for tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. I believe we have a new Foxy Flick debuting. Right before that, it's 7.50. Yes, Same stream. Uh, yeah. YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McAfee Show. Surprise guest giveaways. We will talk more about the draft spectacular with Joel Klatt. Uh, Matt Ryan, maybe. Uh, AJ Hawk. But right now joining us, a man who covers the association. Hell yeah. Oh. And I want to let you know, last night, I seen my favorite basketball player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I seen a basketball player who's only 22 years old. Whoa. Wow. 22 years old. Jesus. Wow. Take off and have one of the most devastating posters in the history of NBA, mm-hmm. in the history of the playoffs, maybe the dunk of the century yeah. over top of a dude. Then just later, would knock down a three mm-hmm. to take the lead. Everybody thought that was a game winner. No, no, no. Answer from old Edwards, cuz, who had made a hell of a play and made uh, John look bad, kind of, in that moment. A little bit. Ant-Man, but yeah. then with Three point something seconds left. Mm-hmm. This silky son of a bitch, uber athletic freak show dog, takes a left handed layup to get a win. The association is hot right now. Their playoffs have been spectacular. Joining us to chit chat about it all and maybe some behind the scenes tales to lo- help us understand everything going on. Senior NBA insider for the Athletic in the Stadium, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Sharanya. Pat, I love that introduction, man. Like John Morant, he's just he's in, he's insane right now. He's insane. He's an absolute 
Dog. He is. He's a football player playing out there. It feels like he has that competitive nature that I absolutely love. He's not scared of the big moment. He's only 22 years old. The future of the league feels like it is in great hands. And these playoffs have been awesome, Shams. I assume the league is very pumped about it. Yeah, no question. I mean, the way that they're – I mean, every every night, like these games that are being played, and even just this this matchup, right, this 2-7 matchup between Memphis and Minnesota, I mean, these are two young teams that don't really have identities in the league. Like, neither has been a championship-caliber organization as of right now, but they're these young, hungry organizations. Minnesota, of course, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, they've got talent all across that lineup. And then you look at Memphis, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, uh, Dylan Brooks, uh, Desmond Bain. And like, I just love the fact that for John Morant, his teammates love him so much. And we just saw when he won the most improved player of the year award, which in his mind, probably he shouldn't have won it because he's a guy that's an all NBA guy. He's a guy that's an MVP type of guy. And what does he do? He gives the award to his teammate, Desmond Bain. Yeah. And I don't know if Desmond Bain is going to keep that trophy, but that just like that camaraderie. The, the, the youthful exuberance that these guys have, I mean, it's fun to watch and it's fun to see these guys grow in the, in the big moments in the playoffs. Well, Desmond Bain was born in the dark. Yeah, he was. Right? You know, so him getting out there is obviously incredible. Uh, yeah, his teammates love him. It was very obvious because there was a lot of different situations where his teammates were like looking to him to gas him up almost in the middle of it all. Feels like the city of Memphis loves him as well and he's not scared of anything. Him, him shit-talking Patrick Beverly in the yeah. middle of that and Patrick Beverly's known to get in everybody's head. He is I love Jaw. He's my favorite player. Let's go, Grizzlies. Here we go, Grizzlies. Uh, let's bounce around a little bit. Obviously, the Celtics got like a week off. They're going to relax. Uh, is there anything that we need to think about for the Celtics going forward? Are they going to win this whole thing? Well, they're going to have a great shot because who who they who, who could they play next round? Right, it's Milwaukee, and they're down. You know, Chris Middleton. We're not sure how long he's going to be out of the lineup. But if he's down, that's an all-star player that Milwaukee's going to be without. So, yeah, Boston has all the ingredients. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Rob Williams, we, we talked about on the show last week. He came back after a torn meniscus surgery three and a half weeks after the procedure. Like, that's unheard of in the NBA for a guy to come back that quick. And he was right there. He played 18, 20 minutes in the first game. He's back in the fold. This team is as deep. And they're championship ready. There's no question about it. Yeah. They they dispose of the Nets really really quickly. But yeah, I mean, there's no the Celtics have has what it takes. We'll see what happens with Milwaukee. Can they get Chris Middleton back and healthy? Okay, and because we're talking about the Celtics, and you talk about old Bob coming back in three and a half weeks after a meniscus, it's hard not to talk about the Nets. Kevin Durant is awesome on Twitter right now. Yep. Okay, I love Kevin Durant. I'm a big Kevin Durant guy. Obviously, Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving. He's his own uh, person. If Ben Simmons would have played, everybody assumes that that is not a sweep. It's a little bit more uh, maybe competitive. They could keep up on the defensive end with Ben Simmons helping them out. Maybe open the court up a little bit more, too, because of the way the Celtics were able to lock them down. Now, hindsight might show that the Celtics are able to do that to everybody for how good they are at defense and at playing. We don't know yet. But at this current moment, the Nets are being buried by everybody. More importantly... 
Ben Simmons is getting killed by everybody. What is this guy's deal? He, there's no way that he just is the softest dude in the history of competitive in, in the history of competition, right? He has to have some sort of story here. Is he scared to play basketball again because he doesn't have the confidence that he can play? Is he real? Is his back like so fucked up that he he just puts on a good front when he's sitting there? There's zero laboring, zero pain expressions on his face. What is it about Ben Simmons, you think, and what does his future look like? At, at this point, it's it's all mental with Ben Simmons, and he's got to get to the point this offseason. I mean, they have they have four or five months here, the Nets, Ben Simmons, people around Ben Simmons that care about him, to make sure that he gets on the right track. This is the most important offseason for Ben Simmons' career. This is a an offseason. He's, he's at a crossroads of, of, of his career right now because – the way it went in Philly, then he gets to Brooklyn. And, yeah, there was – we talked about it on the show, Pat, like there was an expectation around that organization that at least he'll be in uniform and available to play for Steve Nash. You know, I'm told that even if he was in uniform, there was a chance he might not even have played in game four, but at least he was taking the effort. He was at least in uniform, at least being able to be present around the team. And he just could not get there. And so – Whatever he's dealing with mentally. And so again, is it he's scared, Pat, Chumps? Is that what it is? He's just scared that he's going to embarrass himself? Like, isn't he at rock bottom already publicly? Like, I, I, I don't I, – it's, it's hard for me to say, like, is he scared to play because of what happened last year in the playoffs? But what I do know and what I'm told that he told, you know, the Nets and, and their front office uh, on Monday was that he feels like there's a mental block uh, that's, that's created that dates in part back to last summer in the playoffs last summer where we saw he, he passed up that layup. Um, in, in that game seven, it was a tough playoff for him, but that mental block is creating a stress that's also triggering the back. Now, I'm not a doctor. I've seen some tweets out there from doctors that saying, yeah, this could be a thing. You know, the mind controls the body. So listen, I'm not here to say one way or the other. That's how he feels, but it could also be true in the same sense that the nets, the players, there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of like, what more can we do at some point it becomes, you know, Ben Simmons is going to have to take ownership and it's going to have to take a level of accountability to if there is this issue like let's deal with it let's get through it let's work with the right therapist let's work with the right people because at, at the end of the day everyone around ben simmons the nets they all want him to succeed they all want him to get back on the court he's paid to play play basketball like that's his occupation and so how do you get him back into that mode um i think it'll be very interesting you know does he does he stay in in brooklyn does he stay at the facility all year or does he bounce around to city to city? Like, mm. if, if I'm the Nets, I try to make sure he's staying in the, in the facility. He's staying around the team, re-ingratiating re himself around the roster. Uh, but this is this is going to be a very important summer for Ben Simmons to get back on track, you know, mind and body. Uh, I know a guy who, when he was a kid, his household spoke Spanish and his friends spoke English. Okay, his family's from Cuba. And... At his house, they'd all speak Spanish to him. And then when he'd go in public, they'd all speak English. And his Spanglish became so bad that nobody could understand what he was saying. So they actually had the great idea to take him to a hypnotist. And a hypnotist actually cured his brain from being able to speak Spanish. He was only able to speak English, but he could understand Spanish. That is an actual thing that happened in the real world. Is there any thought of him like going to a hypnotist or going to like a sports psychologist? And if that was to take place, that would mean Ben would have to admit that there is something going on, right? Which I think is what you were alluding to there with the accountability and the ownership of this entire thing. No, I mean, I, I think he has admitted it, right? We've Publicly? Been talking about this hey, since he, hey, no, he is not. If he would come out and say like, yeah. hey, I am... 
I do not have the confidence to play basketball. I am so sorry. I wish I did. Like, I think a lot of people would be a, a lot nicer to him. Right now, it's just like a herniated disc, sore back, this, that. It, it's like a bad image for him. I feel like he should get in front of this. Don't you think, Sean, shouldn't you come out and be transparent? Or is he scared to do that and he doesn't think that would be cool or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I listen. I can't, I can't speak for that. Um, I, I think that you know, he, he's. I think he has made all the efforts. I, I think he has. You know, the, at at some point, it just becomes a thing where, you know, it, you, you just got to get to that point. You know, and and I think the the goal was to try to get him back out on the floor this year, and the goal was to try to get him playing, uh, and get him on the floor. I think again, everyone's rooting for Ben Simmons. When we've seen him, Pat on the court, he's the perfect fit. And when you talk about Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. To have a guy that can play all five positions, can guard all five positions, um, he's got everything. And so the goal was to get him back. But I, I think he has taken the steps to try to address it. He's seen, um, you know, different his own therapist, his own psychologist to try to get there. Uh, and again, I'm not an expert on on like that's how he's feeling. He you know what I mean? And so you you have to um, listen to that. They and need you to have to understand <laughs> that. Um, they need and, to hypnotize. Try to work with that. They need to hypnotize them. They need. They, 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 this is happening. Do you, do you know one? If you know of one, let me know. You I got know, a I guy. Might, I might be able to make it happen. Well, Zito know. is actually the Spanglish-speaking guy that mm -hmm. I was referring to there. Mm -hmm. That happened to Zito here. Um, but th this has happened in the past in sports. Like people have done this before oh, yeah, to sure. get over a mental block or something like that. It feels like that would be the natural next step, but hopefully he figures it out because he is getting murdered by everybody yep. for how this is all paid. And also, I mean, when you're making $40 million, you know, that type of shit's going to happen regardless. And sometimes you just got to grow up and admit that as well. Like, hey, I'm being asked to do more because I'm being given a lot of money to do stuff. Now let's move on. Uh, on the West, it feels like Golden State is an absolute wagon right now with how Poole's playing, with how Thompson's all the way back Ooh. and Jackie Moon stroking. Oh, Steph coming out as the sixth man of the fucking century almost yeah. coming out there. What do you see happening with Golden State? And do they feel just as good as everybody else feels about the Golden State Warriors? potential playoff run here i mean golden state i mean them hopefully Devin booker gets back healthy but golden state phoenix and then you look out east miami milwaukee boston i mean those are really the five teams i think you got to give dallas a puncher's chance as well i think Luke with luka Doncic is back dog. in the fold dallas can be very uh frightening for playoff teams so i would look at really those six teams as like legitimate threats uh to win the championship this year and there's no question like golden state I don't expect Steph Curry to be a six man much longer, um, but they're, they're gonna they're in a position now where they have you know with him, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, they have the most lethal lineup uh, potentially in in these playoffs, and so we'll see what happens and and how they manage that situation. What'd you say there? You said something there. You just get, it kind of fell out of your mouth there. I don't I don't know if you realize what you said there. You don't see Steph Curry being six man for much longer. That normally means something when an insider says something. Yes, it does. What does that mean, Sean? What are you? It, I mean, I mean, listen, listen, listen. Stephen Curry will be starting as soon as tonight in Game Five. Oh, oh, shit. Put it on the ticket. I, I don't expect the sixth man train to roll much further. Okay. Congrats to Steph. Yeah. All right. Because Steph said a couple games ago, I'm fucking back. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now he actually is. Good. Hey, good on you, Steph. Go get him, Steph. Hey. That's good news.
That's good news, Shams. I'm, I'm here to deliver the news. Right God, now. you're the best, Shams. Put it on a ticker. <laughs> Tell Ben Simmons to go to a hypnotist. Let's save the association. Yeah. Go ahead, Zone. Shams, uh, they won, so it's kind of a moot point here because, you know, Vic Oladipo played very, very well last night. But did Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, who are both, we consider, dogs, uh, did they sit out last night even though they didn't really need – are we resting players in the playoffs? Oh, man. Um, listen, it, 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 I'll say this. Jimmy Butler, the competitor he is, exactly. uh, it, it, it was a real issue for him to be sitting uh, in a playoff game. I, it, uh, you know, he's, I don't think it's a serious injury. I have not been told that it's a serious injury. I think the Heat are hopeful that game one comes around of, of that series between Toronto or Philly, that he'll be ready to go uh, for that game. Uh, Kyle Lowry, on the other hand, guys, he's got a he's got a hamstring injury. So like those things can be Pat knows. I mean, Lowry, those things can be oh, a few days. It could be a week. It could be two weeks. You never know with Hammies. Um, but the goal is Hammies with him suck. try to get him back for Game One of the next series too. But we'll see that series Toronto Philadelphia. It's three, mm. I believe three two now. Two, yeah. Yep, going back to Toronto. Doc can't um, for that Game Six. I believe that's tonight. Like Philadelphia is going to have to. To get get their stuff together, get their act together, and and get one more win because Toronto's making this very difficult. But Miami will play one of those two teams. There is hope. There's optimism that both Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry can be back in the lineup. Hey, Doc and Harden are getting killed right now. If they don't close this out after a three zero, they are going to get murdered. Hey, it doesn't sound like. I mean, it doesn't feel like hamstrings and shit happen like that often in the NBA. Am I with how many games they play and how much they run? It's almost surprising to me that we're hearing about a hamstring from the NBA. Normally, an incredible, like, good warm-up, good hydration. It feels like that's a big part of it. Hamstrings can linger forever, not only physically but mentally. When he gets back, it's going to be in the back of his mind, like, oh, if I open this up or if I do something, there's a chance it's going to go. Hamstrings are a nightmare. That is no fun. Yeah, hamstrings, hamstrings and calves. Like, the moment you pull them, it becomes a nightmare because you're dealing with it, and even when you play, you're thinking about it. But Luka Doncic had a calf. He missed about, I think, 12, 13 days. He ended up coming back fine. Um, but Devin Booker, you know, like he's he's itching to play right now, but you got to make sure that, that that hamstring is 100%. Hey, Luke is a dog. Dog. He's a dog. He's he, a dog for sure. He is a dog. He's yeah. a player. How old is Luca? 22. Uh, what, 23? 20, what? I mean, what? He's, he's only 23? He's super young. He's younger than Tatum. That's crazy. Holy My shit. God. So, so Ja? 23. Than- I was right. I was right. I mean, you covered the fucking league. He's one of the biggest stars. You should know how old he is, Shams. But I am happy that you know that. Ja, 22. Yep. Luca, 23. Yep. So I'm enough of the, you know, Tatum's only 24. Well, Tatum went enough to two. He went to two Eastern Conference Finals by the time he was 22. But uh, Celtics fan Connor, your question. Yeah, Sean, who gives a shit about all these other teams? When are the Celtics <laughs> going to play next? If the Bucks win tonight, are we looking at like a Saturday, or do we have to wait for the first round to be completely finished before they start the second round? All right, so I would look at anywhere from Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, That's really the range. I don't think it would be Saturday. I would look at anywhere from Sunday to Tuesday for, uh, for that game one. Against uh, you know, they're gonna cool if, off if, if the Bucks win. Oh, yeah. oh, they're gonna cool off. Celtics are gonna cool off. Yeah, right. Fresh legs. They're gonna cool off. Fresh legs. Giannis is gonna have to cold score legs. eighty points uh, a game to beat Tatum's the Celtics. Tatum's gonna be sleeping in the backseat oh. just like Deuce was. Uh, uh, Tatum don't sleep because he's taking care of his son and he's taking care of his game. By the way, I do appreciate how good of a fucking father it appears as Tatum is. Yep, but. It's been hard. Can we, can, we, can we give it up to Jason Tatum? Like he thank you, Sean. Fuck he's, you, finally. He's taking the next step. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. 
Like, he's taking the next step in his career defensively, the way he played on that end of the floor. And, you know, he learned a lot from Kyrie Irving as much as that breakup happened. Like, he learned a lot from Kyrie Irving. He learned a lot from Kevin Durant playing with him at Team USA last year. And you're seeing him. He's blossoming. He's shining right before our eyes. He is yoked. Shredded. Oh, I mean, he is a massive dude. Huge. A couple years ago, I seen a clip from him. Said, well, I'm going to hate this guy yeah. forever. Yep. Skinny, but then I had to remember he's 22, 23 mm-hmm. at the yeah. time. He's getting older. Father. He, he is fun to watch. He is a he's a dog. 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 Okay. Worried that the Celtics might be good for you know, too long of a time. Last question here, Shams. We appreciate you. Go ahead, Ty. Shams, you going to be tipping picks again this year for the NFL draft, or what's your plan yeah. for Thursday night? So a, couple, a, a couple people have asked me that. Um, listen, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything on that situation right now. If it happens, it happens. Um, ho- hopefully, I don't have any NFL people upset at me if it does. Well, I think all the NFL insiders, what have they said about Shams? We could do this too if we wanted to. Yeah, Shams, yeah. we want to Shams, break every That's NBA what they news. always say. They couldn't, though, Shams. They're they couldn't lost. do it. If they could, they would. <laughs> Listen, people always have excuses, you know? Like, oh, I'm, 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 I just got my head down. I'm just, I just got my head down. I'm staying busy, man. What is he at? He's had uh, big NFL leaks. Sure. Huge NFL. Political, he had presidential. Massive, yeah. yeah. Political leak. Political yeah. leak. Yeah. He knew Biden. And he's I'm like, just doing my job, Pat. I'm just, I'm just here to do my job. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Well, we appreciate you, man. You do a great job. You might get fined for breaking the Steph news on this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we appreciate the hell out of you. Ladies and gentlemen, senior NBA insider for the Athletic and Stadium, man who knows all things happening around the association, Sham Sharania. Our will obviously have the toxic table at Ty Schmidt and at Boston Connors. Mm-hmm. Beautiful brain spilling into the microphones. Sounds oh, good. Yeah. Glad to be here. Bro. Hey, great to see you guys. Can't wait for Jurassic Spectacular tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Neither Pops. can we. And obviously this hour will feature a cowboy of sorts, a man who loves the draft, whether or not we had the spectacular or not. A good gambler, a championship gambler. True, true. true. One half of the hammer. Dad. Dad. Cowboys Tone Diggs. How you doing, Tony? How you doing? Hey. Hey. This hour we'll also uh, have a first-time guest who'll be joining us in about 10 minutes, Joe Bamba Klatt. Let's go. <laughs> Rude boy. How about it? Shata Joe Klatt. <laughs> so I was trying to figure out how to say his name there before we went on the air as we're coming live. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this is a Pam Pan thing. Sure. Plaza <laughs> Plaza thing. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't really get it right. Is it Bamba Klatt or Bamba Klatt? Ladder. Clat. Clat. Yeah. There's a difference. Like, just make it clap. Yeah. Make it clap. Dun, 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 dun. Just make it clap. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, you guys didn't do it right. That's the wrong clap. I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard that. Just make Excuse it clap. Me. That's it, I believe. Yeah, I've never heard that fucking That's Buster a song. Rhymes it was a good song. Yeah, it's a great really? song. It was a great song back in the day. Right. Buster Rhymes had a run where he was fucking. Sure. Yeah. He used to go. And then he got all Roy, not Roy, sorry. He started working out super. Yeah. Got yoked. And then kind of slowed down, didn't have to do it anymore. And then he started hitting remixes on everybody. But there was a time where Busta Rhymes was just making bangers. And that was one of them. How come Busta Rhymes gets forgotten about in the whole conversation? I don't know. It's kind of bullshit. It's a good question. He stinks. He had that, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, he had that Z- 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 What happened? With him. Zito and Busta did have a run in there, but that's. Like a T-Pain running? Uh, yeah. Threw him through a wall. He put Zito through a wall. He, he got physically touched by his Whoa! security. But Busta needed security because how big Busta was. That's yeah, right. Big boy. Never gets talked about enough. His Busta used to put out heaters. Anyways. So, clat. 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 
Where's Gus? Are the Island Boys going to fight one of the Pauls or maybe a tag team Paul? I seen them throwing their fists. Uh-huh. Absolute bombs. <laughs> bombs. They need to not fight anybody. What? Did you see For the their kick, sake. though? Yeah, the little kick to the knee thing. Yeah. yeah. That'll kill they somebody. cut their hair. Okay. They did, they're doing their stuff. They're getting into boxing, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. People will pay for them to fight somebody. Oh, People yeah. People pay to watch yeah. them fight somebody. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they maybe they're sandbagging. That's why they're putting out those videos. I thought they might have been sandbagging. I honestly believe there's a chance that a lot of this generation has no clue how to throw a punch. Like, I, I, I think you're right. I believe there's a lot of Twitter fingers. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, yeah. hey, we're not doing this in real life stuff, especially with the entire world we're at. I think there is a large portion of society nowadays that has no clue how to throw a punch. Because there's no way you put that video out if you didn't know that you didn't know how to throw a punch while putting it out there. But the Island Boys are chess players. That's yeah. right. Yeah. We've, we've, what's that, Foxy? We cannot give them that much credit. We give Why is Foxy we such an Island Boy? Foxy, give the Island Boys that much credit. They're not that smart. This guy thought that the Will Smith smack was fake. And now he wants to come at the wow. fucking Island Boys for throwing bombs? I never thought it was fake. I will say, Will Smith could throw a better punch than the Island Boys. Sure. Yeah. I, I do know that. Well, he played Ali. I mean, he has to be. Able Which is to. why I wondered about his front foot in that smack because yeah. he was not utilizing any sort of. Highly now, suspect. It's because all I said is it could be fake. You thought the Johnny Depp trial yeah. was. Fake. He also mm-hmm. thought Amber Heard oh, took a shit on his bed just to get this to trial, just so they could fucking get some shit riled up. <laughs> hey, it's good work. It's good work. Great work. Good work. That's a long good rib. Good shit right life there. Life is <laughs> WWE. Yeah, life is wrestling. I yeah. agree. But there are some things you have to just, yeah, you know, think. Well, maybe they're just doofuses. And by the way, this has been <laughs> yeah. this has been a wild development for me too, Foxy. Okay, because I viewed the world just like you. And then I'm like, oh, you did it on purpose to make yourself look stupid or whatever. No, no, I was lit. Right? What are you talking about? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, I'm, I misread the whole situation here. You are a fucking doofus. The Island Boys, though, no. I think they're working. I think I that think is sandbagging. Yeah. they're getting somebody to get comfortable in the fact that they don't know how to throw a yeah. punch, and then somebody's going to show up to fight them, and then all of a sudden, Island Boys going be pop ha. Yeah, pop hang, you know what I mean? That's what uh, I'm thinking. I think we should fake. send Mitt to fight him because Mitt would beat their ass. Do you yeah. know why they were in that hot tub? Because they were recovering from their fucking boxing oh, workout. Oh, right. okay. in the cold tub, everyone knows that. That's cold what the hot. pool right next to it was cold. They were actually flushing. Yeah. Yeah. And they were trying to distract themselves from their entire muscle on, flush baby. to get the lactic acids out of their legs because of their boxing training. They're like, I Very much, they were tired, exhausted yeah. Yeah. from the workout they went through. There's a chance that that's true, so there's literally nothing you can say. Why about. aren't they in the studio though should be in the studio making i've never seen them in a studio right have yeah. we ever seen them no, i've seen no. them in a shower i've seen them in a hot tub i've seen them boxing on a patio with Boot a new haircut yeah they already have crushed the music game i think they're on to the next thing they're just boxing gonna, yeah, yeah dominate every industry one after the other well i do think they should have had a couple remix to the island boys i agree things. get a b on the track Ooh. Well, they did do that remix now the goofy boys just fucking goofy boys. Oh, yeah. There's three of them. On their cameo? Oh, yeah. They added in a yeah, third. They added That's, a, right. a third. That's our boxing trainer. Yeah. yeah. And he's yoked. I think yeah. they're on Iron Chef next week, too. That'd so. be sick. Fucking Fridays, maybe. Are you serious right now? I don't know what's a word. You never know. Boys and Morimoto. Joining us now is a man who won the Iron Chef. He also beat Bobby Flay one time. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. A college football champion. A Super Bowl champion. A Ryder Cup champion. 
a man who has zero respect for anything we do around here, yeah. is Point. missing his third straight draft spectacular, yep. the biggest fucking show we have every single year. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hall. Yeah, AJ. Champion of saying fuck you to us, huh? Champion. Good to be here. I mean, I'm glad I can slide into this Island Boys conversation. It was pretty riveting there watching online. There was no way that was real. Those weren't real punches from that guy. There's no oh, yeah, they're they're setting a trap. They're setting a trap, and they're just waiting for a big name to walk in there and get knocked out. I think so, mm-hmm. too. I think they're that's a, this is all saying Vander Holyfield, they're probably going to challenge soon. He McGregor. just had a fight like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Vander Holyfield, he come on this show? He was yeah. on this yeah. show. He's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah. good conversation. Mm-hmm. Fan of the show. Yeah. yeah. Fan of the program. Why is Gumpy looking the way he's looking in the back? back I don't so, know. So What's he looking like? Gumpy. Gumpy. That was fake, though. That, those weren't real punches out of them. And do you know the younger generation better? <laughs> Bobs. I mean, <laughs> Bobs. <laughs> if he gets Wait, you into oh, the corner. Oh, oh, oh. oh. It looked like, hey, it looked like Here the old comes. school, like, hey, I'm going to do this. Oh. If you fucking get in front of me, you're in trouble. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, How is the person not laughing who's filming? Because that's their trainer, and yeah. he knows that they're just fucking around. You cut it off before the kick. Yeah, too. wait for the kick. Bro, he'll throw him, though. Look, here comes the kick, I think. Yeah. Show him thunder, I think is what well, he says. Oh, give me a kick. Oh, oh, uppercut, uh, like uppercut. fucking Tyson. Right, right, this is not the kick. This is a different video. <laughs> yeah. Show him thunder. Show him thunder. Bro. Oh! oh! He, didn't oh! he didn't even telegraph that. That came out of nowhere, man. Yeah. Knocking you straight. What? 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 He just broke what? my fucking hand, that's he said. What, that's what we do. Yeah, we He's fight around Bro, Yeah. Yeah, you can cut a promo after. No, we're not yeah. even out of breath. <laughs> no, meth will do that. that what? Tony. Hey, we don't know if Island Boys are doing meth or not. They are in great physical condition, True. and meth does make you thin. Yeah. So maybe that's that is accurate. Right? They threw, <laughs> that dude just threw 200 punches. Yeah. They yeah. got a promo afterwards. Unfazed. And a kick. Yeah. The core strength on those guys is absurd. I mean, that was... Has Dana signed him yet to the UFC? Jesus. I don't know if Dana. Dana's ready. It's going to cost $25 million a pop. What if, what if Serrano, Amanda Serrano, after selling out Madison Square Garden this weekend, you know, she decides her next fight is going to be both Island Boys at the same time? That would that'd be I'd sweet. Pay. Take all my money. I'll I would pay for it. that. I would oh, pay yeah. for that. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. Jake Paul is already cooking that up. He's like, if these fucking idiots keep posting these boxing videos, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and have Serrano take them out one at a time. Boom. Full entrance for them both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Full entrance for them both. <laughs> Get to the ring, Serrano, bang, dead. Mm-hmm. And then the next one comes, I am mine. Bang, dead. <laughs> I would buy that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You sold me already. Like, yeah. That sounds amazing. Okay, so that's what the champs are doing. Here we go. Knocking out Teddy Taylor and Madison Square Garden. Here we go. I mean, now we have something to look forward to in the offseason. Fucking Island Boys versus Serrano. Hey, Island Boys, you better keep swinging. Yeah, <laughs> keep fighting. All right, let's talk about some of the news that's happening uh, today, AJ. This guy sucks. Go ahead. Well, that's the thing. There's really nothing. <laughs> it is. AJ, it's been tough, dude. It has been very tough. We're all eyes are on the draft spectacular tomorrow night. And obviously, it is not a show you give a fuck about or care about no, 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 at no. all. Okay, and- yeah, my bad. I just when I get super active on social media, the only time of the year. So that shows you how serious I am. No, we have to pay you to post those. Yep. Yeah. No. Just so, like Miller Lite. Hey, by the way, I need that graphic because time is ticking. I got to put something together. <laughs> Throw it in the draft. Real. Uh, all eyes on Draft Spectacular, though. Aaron Rodgers will be joining us, AJ. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Chris Ballard will be joining us live from the war room. Oh, Ooh. here we go. Mm-hmm. Do it. Tom Telesco will be joining us. Oh, oh. Chargers. Chargers GM live from the war room. Oh. 
Okay? It's a good this team. is the big thing this year. We're making bigger asks. You know, we're asking for more from people. And in the past, would feel terrible doing that. Normally, in the past, this is how asks we go. Hey, I understand you're very busy and you got a lot of other things going on. It would be much better uh, to do something else with your time than whatever you'd be doing with us. But is there mm-hmm. any chance you could join us? Just be five, ten minutes of your time. And everybody's like, yeah, dude, no big deal. Come on. Chris Bowden came on every single year. This time, I'm like, how do I frame this? Well, letting them know that I think it's ridiculous that I'm even asking this. Mm-hmm. I think it's ridiculous ridiculous that we're even at a point to be doing this but i do think this would be super cool if you were to do that so that's basically the message i sent to everybody hey this is what i'm thinking can you go live from the war room and we're probably going to ask you about what the fuck's going on in there as opposed to what's going on in the whole draft and i think there's more by the way we have that's not those aren't the only nope. three i mean there is more, more people yeah. joining us Funny. but it is Fun. it's gonna be i'm very excited for it aj hawk i'm very pumped for tomorrow night yeah the fact that two active gms that are going to be in the middle of the first round are, are going to call in. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It should be it should be fun. I want to see where their where their minds are at the time too. Yeah, us too because we'll probably be a couple hours into it whenever we get in these people's war rooms. Probably a little loosey goosey, maybe mm-hmm. a little boozy, but I mean, who knows? And we're what if we bully one of these GMs into making a trade? Yeah. Ooh, that'd be sweet. Come on, do it. Hey, Tom, come on. You know, cool would be trade out there. <laughs> trade Keenan out of the package. Trade, trade him to the Colts, Tom. Come on. Yeah, tell him how you look like a genius because this is obviously going to be out there forever. This footage, so you're going to look very smart. What? Oh, AJ. See, that's the that's the part of the message that I send to him. Like, hey, you know, what? our show is filled with idiots, so we apologize <laughs> that you're going to be associated with this forever, but we do think it would be pretty cool content, and uh, yeah. we have more guests lined up, and big giveaways. Mm-hmm. Uh, feeling around the league is that the 49ers are listening to offers on Debo. Now, granted, Debo just put out a tweet, and I'm not 100% sure what it means or who he's taking a shot at. Might be taking a shot at us and all the people in the media oh, world. No. He put out a tweet that basically saying that people are talking about a situation that don't have a clue what they're talking about. They're just talking about what other people are talking about. They're just Basically, nobody knows anything, and then he's saying, have a good one, basically. Have a good one. Because the conversation today is that the Jets are ready to make a very aggressive offer to the San Francisco 49ers to get Debo's Samuel. Allegedly, uh, Bob Sala, you know, big time San Francisco 49er, uh, you know, like roots, knows Debo, knows how impressive Debo is. In the AFC East, they were in on the Tyreek Hill trade, mm-hmm. even though Tyreek ended up going to Miami. Uh, Akash Anavarathan is reporting that the feeling around the league is that the 49ers are listening to offers on Debo Samuel, and the Jets are going to put together such a massive package for Samuel that they won't be able to turn it Done. And that comes from Tony Pauline of Pro Football Network, I That's believe. That's right. So shout out to Tony Pauline, who's been in the news a couple of different times. We don't know if it's real or if it's not real, but Tony Pauline speaking that good shit. Uh, the Jets are going to go all in on Debo Samuel. Definitely a player that's worthy of such a thing. Well, the Niners, listen, John Lynch just said the other day he could never imagine getting to a point where he'd want to move on from Debo. He's such a good player. Is that him negotiating publicly with teams like, hey, you're going to have to bring a deal that is going to be worth big? We will not know but good on the jets if they end up getting debo i guess aj yeah okay so do we have any time frame on when this may happen when this trade could happen and are there other teams involved because obviously you want multiple people trying to bid on this everybody says that the draft is the reason why a lot of things happen because there is active pieces to be able to be gained quickly so everybody's assuming this is all going to happen during the draft time, but everybody's assuming that the Baker Mayfield stuff was going to happen during the draft or before the draft, and then reports are coming out. Uh, wait until you see what happens in the first round. They might do this later in the week or next week or something like that. None of us know anything, and I'm sure Debo Samuel is just reading alongside of it all and listening to his agent, Tori Dondi, who also 
Florida reps, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. It is quite an interesting situation. The draft always brings magical moments, magical memories, and big-time blockbuster moves. Speaking of big-time blockbuster situations, joining us for the first time ever, a man who is alongside Gus Johnson in the booth during the fall, and their booth is absolutely electrifying. Their booth makes the game feel bigger than the game is, and whenever they're calling a game, it is tough to turn it off. He will be on NFL Network all weekend, like he always is as a draft analyst. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Bambaclat. What's up, Joel? <laughs> oh, what's going on? That was quite the introduction. I appreciate it, man. Hey, this is my first time getting to chat with you, getting to meet you and having you on the show. Big fan of your work alongside Gus. You guys are an electrifying booth, a great booth. And I don't know how, many, how often you get told that, but you guys fucking kill it, man. We appreciate it. Man, I, I, first of all, I appreciate it. It's unbelievable working next to Gus. I love what we get to do. Uh, we get and last year was epic, man. We had so many great games, right? So it was fantastic. Well, you do a great job, and now that we're at the draft, it feels like you get quite a head start, right? Because you get to meet with all these teams during the year. You're watching film all year. You're in it. You love college football, huh? Favorite of all time, NFL also a fan, or are you mostly just college football guy? I love college football, man. I mean, like, listen, I the NFL is great. The, the bottom line for me is that my dad was a high school football coach. I just loved the sport. He was an ex-Marine. I've been around him my entire life. Yeah. yeah thanks for there we go. I love that. Um, I just I just love the sport. So I love coming to do the draft. I would love to do NFL games. I'm calling USFL games. I mean, you oh, no. listen, you get a game going in the park. I'll probably call it. Gus always tells me, he's like, you call games for free. And I was like, I probably would. And he's like, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Bad business, Joel. But we it's infectious, right. by the way. We can hear that in your voice. Go ahead, AJ. Joel, when it comes to, to the draft this year, obviously I feel like not a whole lot of people know like too much about all of these players in the top five, top ten. Do you see it? Like, what do you think is going to happen now? We've heard a lot of different things happen like in the top three picks. What do you think? What are you hearing right now? I'm hearing uh, a lot of momentum for Trayvon Walker at number one, uh, which I think sets up perfectly for Detroit to go like uh, the Aiden Hutchinson at number two. Um, and then I think what's what's really interesting is I've heard I've heard a lot of buzz that Houston might go Derek Stingley. Um, I don't know how real that is. That might just be thrown out there because I think Ahmad Gardner is probably the best corner in the draft. But Stingley, a couple of years ago, guys like. Stingley would have maybe been the number one pick in the draft a couple of years ago in the 2020 draft after the 19th season. He was definitely the top corner. And that was a a freshman year that he was the best corner in college football and just couldn't come out into the draft. So I think that's a fascinating deal. He's had the injuries, obviously. And that was why, at least in my estimation, he struggled so much last year with that Liz, Liz Frank injury. But the fascinating part for me is if the Jaguars really take Walker at number one, Detroit's going to run the pickup to the stage. Like, are you kidding me? They get, like, Michigan's favorite son at number two to stay home. Dan Campbell's, like, favorite player. I, I think that that could be an interesting scene. Okay, Joel, how do you pay attention to what's real and what isn't? Because like, I assume everybody out there is having the same conversations that we're having. What are you hearing? What are you hearing? What are yeah. you hearing? How long have you been covering this? And what should we be looking for that's real and what's mostly bullshit, you think? Okay, so yeah, that's that's a great question. Yeah. I go to people that I trust first and foremost. It's a, it's all about the people. So, listen, like Peter Schrager's a great friend of mine. Jay Glazer's a great friend of mine. 
Those guys have accurate information. Those guys have the most up-to-date information. Jay knew. And they will tell you exactly what's going on about a pick, whether a team is trying to create a smoke screen or not, not what, you know, any, any of that. And generally what I will tell you is that the closer to the draft we get, the more outlandish the scenario, oh, yeah. that's just smoke. That's just smoke. So even though I just brought it up, this huge stingly, I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it because it's like it hasn't been around the entire time during this whole process, and now all of a sudden we're going to get to Vegas. I'm sitting at Caesars. We're sitting here. I'm, I'm looking over the pool right I now, and now all of a sudden Stingley is going to be oh, the third pick. Ooh. Like, come on. Hey, that looked beautiful like, out I there. I don't buy that. Well, it's, it it's been I, difficult for us because we don't have any of the sources, and if we do have sources, <laughs> we refuse to text them because – if we do, we potentially jeopardize our friendship with them, and they know that anything they say to us is going right into this microphone every single day. But every single draft. I love it. I hey, love it. Thank you, Joel. Hey, you got to start texting me, man. I'll just give you whatever I got. <laughs> Here we go. Joel, I didn't know we were going to become texting friends. I'm pretty excited there about this. There you go. Yes. I can't wait to send you a text during the fall on a Saturday and be like, hey, really bringing a juice today. Yeah. <laughs> really bringing Legit. Le legit story. My friends always say one of my favorite things to do is text my buddies during during the game. You text me during a game, you're getting a response. No doubt. Wow. Okay, I'm going to get inside information. <laughs> yes. Hey, we're going to call you back right now, Joel. Our, our side just kind of dropped off uh, internet-wise a little bit there. Um, Joel's, how long has he been in the draft game? How long has Joel been in the draft game? He's been calling games. Hey, guy loves sure. ball, by the loves way. Loves ball, do it for free. High school football coach is a dad who's a Marine. Ooh. Oh, my He popped God. up right when FS1 came, like, was invented basically. I think that's when he started doing TV. Maybe Are you talk about like when Regis Philbin and them had that show. Yeah, remember uh, that? yeah, they wants to be show, a millionaire. Yeah. No, 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 no. That was smashing success. Yeah, ABC because uh, he pl he played from in Col at Colorado for two thousand two, two thousand five, and then was you know with the Lions and Saints a little bit. Yikes! Because he was a minor. League, he played baseball, so he was like yeah. twenty eight in college, wasn't he? Athlete. What? I think he was older. Yeah, he went and he got drafted. <laughs> yeah. I think in like the twelfth round, maybe, and played minor league baseball. For a while. Mm -hmm. Joel's a dude. Of course he's a dude. Holy mm -hmm. shit. It makes sense he's a dude. He's not on it. Fox is giving me a big thumbs down. Thought we had him. We don't have him. He's out at Caesars living life by the pool. Good. Yeah. Can't a get good a good pool. connection. Yeah, good for him, man. That looked beautiful. <laughs> Did you see that backdrop? That looked very, very nice. Oh, yeah. I've seen all the other media members that look sweet. Is that the same hotel Rapport's in? No, he is at uh, Cosmo. No, he's at Cosmo. Cosmo. They need to hide the booze. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. How's Rapport going to be in Vegas for five days? Especially well, in Cosmo. That's a great Cosmo's place. where we stayed. And oh, yeah. Cosmo's a good time. We were there when a the shooting happened. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. We were told to stay. Everybody was, like, told to stay in their rooms or whatever, like, right around brunch time. We weren't allowed to leave our rooms. Obviously, a bunch of outlaws didn't do that. Went down the <laughs> stairs and then through the kitchen got out of there. But there was a full active shooting in the hotel when I moved. Damn. It was wild. Oh, not the big concert one. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Okay, okay. Where was that? Well, that was outside next to what hotel was that? that uh, I, can't remember. I don't know. Was he in Mandalay I don't think that was Bay, the, maybe? Yeah, I don't think that was the Cosmo. No, it wasn't. Mandalay Bay. Sad situation. Yeah. Vegas. Back to Vegas. The man joining us who uh, played... You know, minor league baseball. Mm -hmm. Then he ended up playing in Colorado. Absolute stud of a man. His dad was a head high school football coach and a Marine. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, this man will call games for free, but he should get paid a lot more than he already does. I don't know what he's get paid whenever he's next to Gus Johnson. This week, he'll be covering the draft on NFL Network. Ladies and gentlemen, Joel Klatt. Yeah! Joel! Joel! <laughs> oh, it's worse. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. 
All right. Well, that was a good call. I mean, we had a good call with Joel. I mean, we had a good call with Joel. Yeah, he's the man. Hey, the the thing, the, he told us Derek Stanley's happening, and then he said also, probably not. Yeah. yeah. Bullshit. Probably not. <laughs> good, I like that. I like that. Re in real time, we got to see it. Yeah, I, I enjoy that as well, because if you, like, we try to cover this accurately, because we have to speak about it, but everybody knows we're going to be wrong. Because whenever you do a daily show, you have to ride literally the waves of information that is breaking on a daily basis. Kind of a, you know, an interesting life turn. Because I used to do Twitter a lot. Used to do Twitter a lot. Still do Twitter a lot. But I used to do Twitter a lot. In, uh, you know, like the old takes exposed thing. Yeah. I used to love this. Mm -hmm. I used to love this. Like, what a doofus. What a fool. Now that we do like the daily show thing where we speak for three and a half hours and we're choosing to do this, we're lucky to do this. Boy, you can get caught up. You oh, yeah. You can get caught up because what is happening right now might be vastly different than what's happening just an hour from now because the insiders and the information that gets leaked is so much bullshit the draft is filled with it. the most amount of bullshit is around the draft because there's you know billions and billions of dollars at stake for each franchise and if they really like somebody they're going to try their absolute best to get that person without everybody else getting it and that might call for some terrible stories being leaked about the person yeah. mm -hmm. that might call for some lying about who they like they might actually stay away from somebody as long as they possibly can so that nobody knows that they're interested so that nobody else will take them it is just if you start overthinking it which i assume some some of these teams do there's just so many levels to all of the bullshit that the draft brings well there's and usually at least most teams there's so few people that actually know what your plan is or what you're going to do yeah like the gm will have the scouts put all the reports together he'll listen to them they'll talk but then the scouts usually don't really know. There may be – if you're the GM, how many people are you going to tell, Pat? Like, how many people do you think you could trust that they're not going to say something to somebody? So, Kevin Costner told nobody. That's right. right. And Scott. that's really the only example I have. Who was on the show yesterday that said if a billionaire comes in, though, on draft day and says, I want – boom – Guess what? That's probably Charles who you're, Davis. Yeah, yeah. Charles Davis said if the if if a billionaire walks into the room and says, uh, I don't know what you, I don't know what y'all been doing for the last four or five months or whatever, mm -hmm. and I don't really care. I seen this dude's highlights on NFL Network just yesterday. Give me fucking Thibodeau. Nah. <laughs> like that changes everything. That changes yeah. literally everything. Just the like whole, that. The whole first round, the whole draft. That's what's cool. Like a guy, some wild card owner could change. What the whole draft looks like, or awesome. or a general manager just gets one wakes up with a mm. bad feeling and is like, "Hey, we need to change what we were thinking. We're actually going to do this now because of my final thoughts or whatever." Like when push comes to shove and a decision has to be made, I assume the people that are making the decisions might not even fucking know what they're doing until like, "Hey, let's do Belichick with Mac Jones." Yeah. Everybody's going to say they planned that. They did that on purpose. They knew that Mac Jones is going to be available. If you watch the video. Bill did not know Mac was going to be available. He's like, I think he's like folding up a piece of gum or candy, and he's like standing. If I remember the video right, and he's like looking around the room. And he's like, I guess we got to fucking. Guess we'll take him. I guess we got to take. I guess we got to take this guy. Nick Nick loved him. Yeah, I love Billy O'Brien loved him. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, literally everybody we've ever worked with loves this guy. We don't really have a quarterback. And he caught a pass no. at his pro day. Fuck. Then Patricia co-signed, and they did it. Well, well that's what I'm saying. He yeah. asked Kraft Final first. Time. I think he asked – did he ask Kraft first, then McDaniels, then Patricia? Or was it – I think it was McDaniels, then Kraft, 
And then Patricia. And that old guy who sits in the box. Ernie. Ernie. Yeah. Hey, he's not just an old guy who sits in the box. I forgot his name. That's the he's one of the founding fathers of football. That's the, the only way I know to describe him. Jesus. You remember Ursay too, giving uh, Boward that little suggestion. Oh, about Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Don't you love Jonathan Taylor? Don't you fucking hey, love you this? You love that guy, didn't you? you? What are we waiting for? Oh, and then yeah. Boward trades up to go yeah. get the guy. Like Jim Ursay's just sitting there, because they have that. Uh, with the next pick, I believe is what their series yeah. called. Mm-hmm. Somebody else's series called On the Clock. Every social media department is putting together great footage of their team and their scouts and their GMs preparing for the draft and also live in the war room, which I think is why maybe we're able to do it with a couple people because they have filmed in the war room in the past. But they gotta blur out yeah. they gotta blur out all that shit. But Jim Ursay just sitting there casually, uh just hanging out, and then all of a sudden I think Jim just realized like Hey, I fucking love that Jonathan Taylor guy, too. He ran all over my stadium whenever he was yeah. in there. Hey, Chris, what are we doing? And then Chris was probably like, we're just waiting on the right guy. We like a guy. And then he moves up. Those When the clock is on and there's a player on the board, anything can happen. In any, I think there's some places that are much more calculated than others, and they probably you know, they go about their decision-making process differently where they probably have it like tonight or tomorrow morning. Here's our four. Here's the order of our four. Whoever's available, we're just going to take, and they're done. I like the thought, though, of it being fluid. I like the thought of like in that room coming alive and be like, we did not know this person was going to be available. I know we like this person, but we had no idea they were going to be available. How do we compare them? Again? I like the thought of it being like a Wall Street trader. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. like I, and I don't know if it's like them that thinking, at all. Them being surprised or shocked. Like say you're you're the fifteenth pick, and all of a sudden fourteen does something that you really didn't envision. You didn't have like a, a fake mock draft where they took this person or they did something or some trade happens, and then all of a sudden you have fifteen minutes and you're not really ten. sure. Okay, we have a couple options, but someone's got to pull the trigger. And I'm only saying ten minutes because we reported fifteen minutes yesterday, like forty five times, and then we realized yesterday mm-hmm. after the show that it's only ten. So you're not wrong. That's we were cool. all wrong, but we realize it's ten, and that helps us, especially if Jacksonville doesn't take Aiden Hutchinson and DC runs to the thing. That yeah. saves yeah. us ten minutes on the draft yeah. spectacular. Mm-hmm. You remember because this thing is six hours. I'm long. happy to be wrong that it's not fifteen. Yes, <laughs> and so were we. By the way, yeah, that was a big Zito. It, it used to be fifteen. Yeah, Zito actually came. and He said uh, ten. And we said, uh, excuse me? And he was like, uh, 10 minutes in between drop picks. Everybody was like, yes! Go. Yes! All right, that's good news. It feels like it's 40 sometimes, though. Go ahead, Dix. Uh To your point about how GMs and coaches, and they all do it differently or whatever, Tomlin and, and Colbert were saying the other day that they stopped doing mock drafts. They just stopped trying to mock what other teams were going to do. And they said, like, they just have 20 guys. And whoever is still left at 20 when they're still there, that's who they're going to take. Fascinating. That's smart. Because they a showed, lot of guys. and they yeah. showed a video of Rule trying to do that, and he wrote like, and this was last year, Grant, when they still needed a QB, and they wrote Mac Jones or Trey Lance at three, and they almost like ruled those guys out. It seemed like, and by the time it got to them, obviously Fields and Mac were still there. So the um, there's also stories of having your pick ready, and then the pick right in front of you, yeah, yeah. Snags, mm-hmm. it takes the person. And I think that's why Jim told Chris like. Hey, if we like Jonathan Taylor, it's going to be an MVP in two years. Yeah. By the way. Mm-hmm. If we like Jonathan Taylor, why are we even waiting three picks? Why mm-hmm. are we even waiting four picks? If it's only going to cost us a fucking seven or something to do this, let's go do this now. Because the amount of times that people get their heart broke with the pick before, there, I guess there's there's a couple um, 
you know, rumors floating around the Colts building a couple different times that when the draft, uh, T.Y., when we drafted T.Y. Hilton or whatever, I guess he was not going to be the pick. The team right before, though, drafted who they had and they're ready and excited, like, hey, this guy's going to take it. Allegedly, I don't know if any of this is true. Never Didn't hear from anybody in the room. This is just what was talked about, basically, around the building by people that have been around a long time. So, take that out of you. Right before that pick, they take who it is, and it's devastating. Everybody's like, oh, my God, oh, shit, we're fucked. And that's the first draft for that regime or whatever. And I think it was Bruce Arians or something. That Bruce Arians said, uh, how about that T.Y. Hilton guy down there? We can fucking fly around with him or whatever. And they drafted him, and nobody expected him, I think, to get drafted that high or to the Indianapolis Colts. And then, like, that next year, dominated year after that. He's in the Pro Bowl, I think. Year after that, he's in the Pro Bowl. He's in the Pro Bowl. So it's like that whole... That the thing of somebody being available that you didn't know was going to be available, certainly alluring. The thought of a team just losing the guy that they had, though, just 30 seconds before. And what if that person goes on to become the greatest player of all time? You're like, oh, my fucking God. And you, were on him, and you were on him from day one. Like, they knew two years before, hey, if we get a chance, this is our dude. We're going to take him, then boom, they take him right in front of you. Maybe, maybe even someone you know on the team in front of you. Just, just did it to spite you because it didn't like you that much. Yeah. They knew how much you loved that person. And he could have traded a seventh rounder next year to move up in front of yeah. that team yeah. and yeah. get that person, yeah. and instead you didn't. It's like, I think there's a lot of those stories as well and, around the NFL. And then, like you mentioned, the other side of it is like when, you know, a couple years ago, the Eagles don't take Justin Jefferson, and you see the guys in the Vikings war room just basically scrapping everything they were doing because they didn't think there was any way Justin Jefferson was going to be there at, you know, 22 or wherever they got him. And then didn't fill it. Somebody let, yeah. They laughed at Philly, right? Yeah, they laughed because they, they took Rager. Rager instead. Yeah, they, they laughed. It's on mm-hmm. on foot. Oh my God! We yeah. did Justin Jefferson here. What a day! I hope as we continue to be in a very transparent era, it feels like we're seeing more than we ever have in content. I hope those situations continue to happen because think about what NFL films would do with all these when they go into the Hall of Fame, like 20, 30 years from yeah, now. Yeah. All the footage that we have now from different the team shooting stuff, film shooting stuff. Us having interviews with Tom Telesco, like the amount of content that's going to be able to be curated later is just amazing. It it is unbelievable. It's so much different than the past. To your point on like the the missing out on the guy you've wanted forever and stuff like that, DJ, when we had him on last time, he was a scout for the Ravens. He's like, we knew exactly who the Browns were going to take. We knew exactly who the Steelers were going to take because they played the same defense, the same schemes or whatever. So like – and. You'll see it in the draft because I pay attention most. Like the Ravens will always like jump one or two ahead of the Steelers, or they'll do the same thing because they always want similar guys and they don't want that guy to go in the division and stuff like that. I wonder who the so the Colts traded up to pick two twenty two. They had like pick two, not that many far after because there's not that many picks afterwards. Mister, I was staring down Mister Irrelevant allegedly potentially to Kansas City. By the way, I wonder who the Colts thought were going to take me. Why they traded up for whatever it was to pick 222 with the Eagles. That's because nobody I had heard from Uh was in that area Mm -hmm. at all. So I I like that. I literally just thought about that for the first time. And that's probably, (laughs) that's probably not good. That's probably, uh, what was that, 2009? Jesus Christ. That's Telesco tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was a part of the entire process. Yeah. 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 We're talking about sometimes teams who are back to back just like, you know, they have two guys like Telesco with Tua and Herbert. They're like, hey, who gives a fuck? We're going to get one of them. Whoever gets picked before, we'll take the other one. Yeah. That's like the Tomlin Colbert thing. Go ahead. Go through the. Houston was sitting at 223. Maybe they didn't want to lose you in. No, Houston would have had, at the time, they had Matt. They had this young. San Diego was 224. 
Then Denver, and then AQ went to Steelers at 226. Uh, maybe Pittsburgh. They might have thought Pittsburgh. Because, yeah. We had to settle mm. for the big bald stooge instead. <laughs> Who? <Palmer. laughs> AQ Shibley. AQ Shibley. Oh, I thought you said big ball stooge, like a different punter. Hey, oh. Andrew Brandt told the uh, story of you getting drafted in an article. Mm-hmm. Is that right, Nick? Andrew Brandt told the story. Yes. The article was written years ago. Yeah, some a piece he did for SI. But he, re-surf- he re-quote tweeted it because he was like, hey, to those who are new to the Andrew Brandt train, basically, here is something I wrote for fucking Sports Illustrated years ago, which is pretty cool. I did not know he was a writer for Sports Illustrated. Oh, yeah. oh. He's talented every time we talk to him. Seems to be an incredibly cool guy. And on the internet, he goes about his business in a respectful fashion, I think. Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. Doesn't seem to you know be too alarming or ridiculous. He wrote about your draft story about how you know normally the first round picks, they get flown out. He said upon landing, you got a realtor and you bought a house within like four hours of being there or whatever and the whole thing got done he did not mention you had to drive an hour and a half to the airport to fly to green bay flying uh coach and in the middle seat he did not mention that but you when you look back on your draft day dream come true everything went exactly how you expected and planned and did you buy a house the same day you were drafted on your first flight out to green bay no, it's, it's funny how those stories – you, that reminds me of that when people said that. But, no, my wife came with me, okay. and I so was in the facility a for a day and a half or whatever, so she went and looked at houses all around. And then we didn't buy a house. We found one that we definitely wanted, and we got one pretty early because then we took off and, and got there uh, pretty quick. But, yeah, I wanted to go to Green Bay. Like, that was the team I wanted to pick me, honestly. So you didn't answer that question. So you – Yeah. What? <laughs> this guy. We did not buy a house four hours in. Okay. But it's, we definitely found one that we're I'm, – I'm very decisive. My wife is too. She went and looked at a bunch while I was in the facility for a day and a half. And then she said, okay, I know what she like. We've narrowed it down to like three. And I said, that one. And she did too. And we bought it eventually. Well, congratulations. Wow. Holy yeah. shit. Did, wow. Was the first piece of art in that house the split jersey? Um, yeah. It's never, it's never been in, in our house. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. She told me it was in the basement. I'd put it up, yeah, in her mom's basement, not her, not ours. Oh, <laughs> sure, that is amazing. I love that. Like th- that obviously triggered you right there. No, he, I would put it up. I don't mind it. <laughs> no, no, I'm not no, talking about the jersey. The jersey triggers, uh, I believe, your wife. So I apologize for that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, for this entire thing, like the other day, what were we talking about? That he got all pissed off. Food, food, He's all pissed off, and then Bobby Carpenter comes on the next day. He's like. For the last 20 years, we've been on about it. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, we could tell by that whole thing. This whole you bought a house four hours into, you've heard this story before because it was in Sports Illustrated, yep. and you're like, that, uh, that is not true, Man, Andrew. Funny how these stories. Yeah, I mean, yeah you, you, that, you're tired. We bought a house quick, though. It was quick. And your wife, designer at the time, too? Uh, no, not really. She started a few years after that. Oh, was that the first house? Was that the, oh, wow. the genesis Sweet. of the mogul that That's was holy interior shit. designer, Laura Hawk? Uh, no, I don't know. I'm sure. I mean, she did the whole house. Yeah. Hey, maybe that maybe that planted the seed in her brain. Hey, is she like one of the top in the world? (laughs) I I don't know how you rank people. She has, she has plenty of work. Well, Well, her Rolodex, right? That would probably be. I think her Rolodex of the people that we have heard of that she's worked with is very top tier, right? Yeah, I think your wife might. Have you ever thought about that? Do you guys talk about that? No, is she one of the top interior designers on earth right now? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think there are like uh, ranking systems. I yeah, I are. think she is. Yeah. If I if I bought a house, I would have her do it. 
HGTV has power rankings. She's probably on. Think about this house. Think about this family. I mean, Brady Quinn. Yep. AJ Hawk. Mm -hmm. Top interior designer in the fucking world almost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chopper. The goddamn Chopper, Chopper. Bobber building houses. Yeah. Just got and a new still, knee, by the way, like two days ago. Had a baby Chopper. Probably new working knee. today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably working today, Ben Simmons. Chopper. Yeah, I, went over, yeah. I went over when he six hours after he woke up, he was doing deep squats and kicking his leg Same in the air. Like, exactly. Legend. Awesome. He's, he'd be on a court tonight if it was game yeah. four. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways, that hockey dude's in this family. Yeah. That's right. Alicia Sacramoni. Yeah. Gymnast, United States, Olympian. Yeah, yeah Olympian. She's Old a medalist, She's I believe. in the family. What Brady, the yeah. fuck is going on uh -huh. over there? Good for your family, pal. Yeah, and Brady's sister was like Gatorade Player of the Year in high school uh, soccer player. Played in Virginia, <laughs> but she tore like her ACL nine times. Oh, nine times? She yeah. can't play? Legend. What a savage. Hey, Ryan Hawk. Tear your ACL nine times, stand up ten. That's Bam. what his right. sister-in-law is doing, That's right. which is unbelievable. Wow. Good Just read a couple articles. She is top-notch. Laura? Yeah. No, she's she is top-notch. No but <laughs> she perceived as. That's what I'm saying. No yeah. articles. Just read. He read a couple tweets. Yeah. <laughs> hey, really short articles, about 140, 280 characters. Yeah. Really, really. I read like four articles real quick. <laughs> Hey, what's Elon going to do with Twitter? I saw a fake tweet that Elon, it was an Elon tweet. It was a fake tweet that said, I bought Twitter so I could delete it. Go outside and enjoy your lives. Oh. And I was like, fuck, what if he did? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, what if Elon, for, I know it was, a, it, was a, it showed up on my timeline. And, you know, it, with everything on the internet, you always assume it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. But there has to be a little bit of like a little bit. I did like a little research. I'm like, wait a minute. What if? Yeah. Because what if he did? Oh, That'd be a lot too of expensive. Four, Forty-six billion <laughs> to delete an app. I it's mean, like the tweet. Have, you think did you see? Have you seen it though, Pat? What's that? I thought you were one of the people that said like, oh, instead of spending forty-four billion to buy Twitter, he could have solved world hunger or something like oh, that. Yeah. And I'm thinking this wasn't a forty-four billion dollar donation, bud. Like he plans on <laughs> making money from Twitter. Yeah, it's a business yeah. decision. It's a business decision, and you know, there's different buckets of money and. It is hard to comprehend sometimes why this amount of trillions is in this bucket and then there isn't an equal amount in this particular bucket. But whenever people say, well, take that and put it here, it's like, well, there's an entire allocation of money system yeah. and bucket. It's, it's all bullshit. It could be expedited, but that is vastly different monies. It doesn't make sense, though, that whole thing, what you just talked about when it comes to like the government's monies. Yeah, you know what I mean? All. Not to mention the government's debts as well. Well, yeah, but, you know, the government's so good with our fucking money. I, listen, okay, I don't care which side of the plate you were on in this entire thing. You should not be pro-taxes, okay? You should not. Everybody should pay their fair share. Everybody should absolutely pay their fair share. And the people that don't, fuck them. They're much smaller than us because we, I feel like, I, I feel like I'm helping out. I would rather be forced to donate that money myself, though. Like if you're if you're pro tax, not pro tax. I feel like that there should be like buckets in which you could pick where you give the money to. Mm -hmm. Like that, I feel like that would be something. Instead, you know, the government takes it to make their own decisions, and yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's going in the right place. Mm. Seems like it's going in the right place all the time. You know what I mean, AJ? Yeah, it seems like it. it seems like it would be an easy system to to put in there, right? Though, if we get to pick where our money goes, where our tax money goes, like we can allocate it all. Yeah, it'd be no problem at all. That'd be- I would love to have everybody's opinion. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Why not? The world would be such a much better place though. Yeah. Each, each individual choice of who you donate to or where it goes to, you're making that individual thing better. It's like, hey, why don't you guys deal with the money that you're printing off for like the military and shit that we can't figure out mm -hmm. and then anything else that you want to do and let us figure out where we're donating mm -hmm. this money to. But then the issue becomes obviously, you know, 
the super billionaires who have all the incredible lawyers and accountants, they'll just start opening those things. Those will become mm -hmm. oh, yeah. things that you could donate yeah, to, and they'll yeah, be yeah. forcing people somehow to donate into theirs, and they'd be getting other people's taxes along with their own. That's right. Because humans are the fucking worst. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why does that have to happen? Everything has to be so goddamn confusing. It's not fair. Which leads me to the draft. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. <laughs> what is going to happen tomorrow night, AJ? Chaos, for sure. Maybe. What do you think? Last night I was torn. Couldn't sleep last night. I was torn on this. Hey, what, do you think a quarterback goes in the top 12? I don't know. Diggs had a stat earlier. If he doesn't go in the top three, he won't go until like 17 or something. Like yeah, that. It was, I, remember, yeah. I forget the exact, but yeah, it was either top three or bottom half. Yeah, last, the first quarterback years, taken, yeah. Yeah, so that'd be – yeah, okay. Yeah. Half a dozen, yeah, 12, yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually, perfect metaphor for that situation right there. Shout out. Give a fucking sports Emmy to that. The um, <laughs> 17, half the – yeah, like, yeah. I feel real good about that quick match. Yeah. Good. I feel sorry about that. <laughs> but anyways, if they don't go top three, they're going to go late, allegedly. But then – if they go late, we have to remember that what was being said a month and a half ago is the most accurate information as opposed to what's being said after a free agency. Because remember, these quarterbacks were not first roundable. Remember, they were looking at these quarterbacks. Ah, that's a fucking third rounder right there. Mm -hmm. That's a fourth rounder right there. Who the fuck are you? Why is a Liberty guy being talked about right now? Mm -hmm. Then now all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe four of them go. Maybe Desmond Ritter and Corral and Malik and Kenny Pickett and Carson Strong, of course. Maybe they all go because it's a quarterback-driven uh, league. It's like, I, I honestly have no idea how this is going to go. The, last night, and I try not to overthink anything, and I think it's pretty apparent whenever you hear me speak or operate. I try not to overthink much. It's just like, hey, what's the right move? I've been thinking about this draft spectacular a lot the oh, last yeah. few days. I am so intrigued on how it goes. Because this could be a fucking boring six hours, boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because sure. there's a good chance we don't know anything. We barely know the guys that are going to go top five. Mm -hmm. How the hell are we going to figure out the other 27? That A guy was said yesterday in Mitt's mock to go to the Packers or the Patriots or something like that. I never heard of the human before in my life, oh, AJ. Yeah. No, I had no idea this person existed. Going in the first round, pick 30. There's going to be 15 to 20 of those for us tomorrow, I think. I think there's going to be a lot of yeah. learning about guys tomorrow night from about all of us. And I can't wait to see the bullshit that comes out and what we <clears> learn <throat> and judge about each one of these. Because that's what happens. People judge the draft pick immediately upon it happening. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, we have no fucking who clue. Won? The, who won the first round? Like, that'll be out by 1 a.m. And it'll be taken seriously. Yeah, and then they can argue. you can argue with your buddies on which team won the first round. Like, oh, we didn't even have a pick, so we didn't lose, bud. Sorry. It's beautiful for hypothetical situations. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, the draft well, as a whole. Six hours. What are you talking about? Dude, it's going to be 350 minutes. You just start doing the math. Well, how many? Okay, what is it slated for on like ESPN? What does it say on your guide or? Bro, they actually just put like the dot 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 thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's at eight o'clock till eight a.m. the next day. Yeah. Till question mark at the end of a party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is cool. uh, indefinitely, it actually says. Uh -huh. It just says indefinitely. It's actually blocked out into Friday. <laughs> yeah. They don't even have get up on the, uh, on the ESPN nope. thing on no. Friday morning. No. It is still first round of NFL draft. Yeah. Because there's, you know, never know what's going to happen. Well, I think they did used to block it like 8 to 11. Yeah. And then like the first time they did that, it was still going on at like 1.30. They're like, hey, we can't fucking do this again. All right, we're just lying to people here. So I think it, it at the very least, it's probably 8 to midnight. But it, yeah, it might just... Eight to eight. Do you remember how startled we were year one? 
three and a half hours into that thing, and there was still 16 picks left. Rattled. And who the fuck decided to do this? <laughs> yeah. Like, that is all I'm thinking about is this is a lot of airtime we're about to have tomorrow night. I remember about halfway into that first round, or maybe even a little over halfway, I'm like, okay, this has been really fun. This is cool. All right. It's kind of winding down, and then I started thinking, I got a little bit overwhelmed thinking this is absolutely not winding down at all. Middle of the marathon. I mean, CFO Phil's got an actual marathon this Sunday. Good luck. Go get it. That's this Sunday. Phil's been training for a long time. He almost died in Hollywood when we were out there for the Super Bowl Uh training on the mountains. He was out there with the mountain lions. Dog bit him, too. Yeah, he got bit by a chihuahua. Yeah, Yeah. little fucker. And we all know what happened last marathon CFO Phil ran. We did not have to revisit that because it's positive vibes only. That's, That's right. right. But we are excited for CFO Phil to finish his first marathon. Good luck, Can't Phil. Wait. Good luck, Phil. Here we go. go get him, Phil. Let's go, Phil. Hey, you don't need to win it, Phil. No. No. Jeez. Everybody send a tweet to CFO Phil at Phil Mains and say, hey, you don't need to win the fucking marathon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to track him. Can I track him? Yes, you yes. can. And actually, the last time he ran a marathon, uh, he had a friend in Indiana that was tracking him. And then all of a sudden, there was no more tracking and there was no response for a couple hours. And it was, oh my God, this guy fucking died. Yeah. Where is Phil? And turns out he almost did. It was like, <laughs> the guy was way ahead of schedule though. Because I was talking to him before the marathon. And I'm like, what's the pace? Where are you going to be or whatever? And then you can watch along on the internet. And it's like, he, he is taking a vastly yeah. different. He's trying to win. He, he, was, he was like, I think he had like six minute miles, like going into like, I think he was still like at seven minute miles, like probably 14, 15 miles in or whatever. And it's like, what are you, who's this guy? What are you trying to prove? Your body's going to shut down. Oh, uh, and it did. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it I, did. Believe, I, I believe Rabbed it did. Though. Yeah, yeah, he got the whole thing. So this time he's going and he's going to fucking beat Pittsburgh. Hell right? yeah. Let's go, Phil. Hell yeah. We can't, I'm so proud of Phil. I'm excited for Phil. He's put a lot of work into this. I'm assuming what he's going to do to his body Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, oh, maybe in a Friday right. is going to be fantastic after yeah. marathon training. Uh, but I'm proud of him. Our marathon's tomorrow night. That's right. Boom. Yeah, that's- okay. And it's well, our jaws and our mouths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And although it is not going to be 26 <laughs> miles running or, or walking, it is going to be 26 miles of talking. And we have to remember that. And we don't know where the road's going to go. No. There's been no training course for this. No. Nope. We could have learned the players' names, but who knows if they're the players that are going to go sure. in the first yeah. round. So why would we be studying fake names, AJ? My job. Makes sense. I just remember the first draft of Attack of I think we started at like 7, maybe even 6.30. That's a bad idea. So yeah. this one starts at 8, right? Goddamn right it does. Yeah. <laughs> what time did it end last year? 12.30? 12.30. That was, was last year. That was I remember game. I drove to the Derby right afterwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you psycho. Oh, my that was God. Tough. That was a tough one. Well, it, it ended at 12.30, and the first four picks took like 20 minutes, I think. Are you going to the Derby this day. week or no? No, is it this week? No, it's next week. Oh. No, I'm not going. It's Mother's Day weekend, which I believe is next week. You're not going? No, Mother's Day is this Sunday, I think, right? No, no next Sunday. Next weekend. Are you <laughs> sure? Jesus, come on. I'll I'm, check on this. Good I'm sign you now. are. You I'm positive. Why are you not hey, going, real, AJ? No, because Father's Day is coming up, too. That's in June. That's in June, dude. <laughs> what are you talking about? This, so, so you're telling me this Sunday is not Mother's Day? Nope. No. no. Just check yes. my calendar. Next uh, Sunday. That is May 8th. May 8th. No wonder you couldn't get here for the draft, dude. This dude's a week. <laughs> Week in yes. advance prepared for Mother's Day. Smart. What a fucking guy. Hey, for way you. Go, hey, 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 hey. Go. Same weekend as the Derby. Coming into his 15th season in the NFL, his first as a Colt, future Super Bowl champion, ladies and gentlemen, quarterback Matt Ryan. Hey! What's up, boys? Hey. 
Uh, first of all, need to let everybody know this. Matt Ryan walked in with uh, two four-packs of Stone Cold Steve Austin's beers. Cheers to you, Matt. Thank you for bringing a brew hall in here. Okay. Cheers, boys. Cheers. 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 Hey, cheers. I got to say congrats cheers. on the WrestleMania deal. It was, it, it was, it was cool. Thank you, man. And a uh, little shout-out to my guy, Stone Cold. Got to spend some time with him last summer, shoot a commercial, so I thought it would work out perfect. Hey, cheers to you. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Hey, this cheers, is a great man. way to make oh, some friends. Sorry, AJ. Yes, My bad, dude. I didn't send any over. I didn't send any over. How you doing, man? <laughs> he went. Good, man. How you doing? Are you excited about being there? I am. Yeah, excited. It's going to be, um, you know, a lot of fun. And, you know, obviously 14 years in Atlanta, a long time. And so uh, it's hard when it ends there, as you well know, playing in, in one spot for a long time. But um, there's also a level of, of excitement, you know, that's, that's coming with this new team, new guys. Um, really good locker room, so it's going to be it's going to be a fun year. Yeah. At what point? Because of 14 years in one place, you're obviously pretty deep in the community. Whether it's philanthropy, I assume some business ventures, and your name has just become synonymous with the Falcons organization. New stadium over there. I mean, like, at what point in this entire process did you like? You had to battle with that, I assume, right? Leaving there, and at what point did you finally get to like, all right, maybe it is time for a next chapter, and kind of like convince yourself it'll be a good move. Yeah, I think it, it was definitely hard, um, you know, because, you know, for, for 14 years, um, you know, since I got drafted with the draft coming up, since I got drafted for 14 years, every day I woke up, it was what can I do to help this organization win a Super Bowl? And, um, you know, the, the whole thing went down with, you know, the four teams looking for Deshaun Watson and, and Atlanta being one of them. And, you know, going through through that time frame, I had to take a look you know, around too, and see what was out there. If something were to go down or whatever, and did uh, they tell you directly, or you just had to hear about it? No, I I, I talked with Arthur Smith, uh, head coach before. He was, um, you know, it's not stuff you want to hear, but uh, yeah. He, so you were he, bummed he, about this. This was not something that you were planning on happening because when the turnover happened, right, and new GM, new head coach, with your contract, with how long you've been around, I think the natural thought was like, oh, they're going to move on. But then you ball out like, like hey, you like. You played your fucking ass off, it felt like. It, like, honestly, you kept going, and, and they kept you around. It was like, oh, did you assume, like, okay, I'm going to be in this new regime as well? It's like I'm with the Falcons as opposed to organization? Or was the writing on the wall? Like, how did that whole thing work out? I, You know, I, I really finished up last year thinking that there was going to be no movement, you know, and, okay. and um, you know, I'd be back there, and, and we'd keep moving on. But as, as you know, like, the, the off season goes through waves where it kind of, you finish up, you know, last season and then, you know, you take some time, you get away and they start to make plans. And, you know, as we were getting closer to getting back and that kind of went down, I, I uh, you know, I got, I got the sense that, you know, maybe it is the right time. Maybe it's, maybe it's time for me to move on. And, and, um, you know, I, it's bittersweet, you know, like you're, you're sad that, you know, that part of it is over because you invested so much in it. Um, but at the same time, I'm not mad about, you know, it was such a good time. It was 14 years. It doesn't, it doesn't happen for many guys. And so, you know, more, I'm just proud of, of what we accomplished there and, um, you know, proud to have been associated. Thankful for, like you mentioned, like being involved in the community, doing a lot of things from, from a philanthropic standpoint and also, getting to meet all the people that I met. Atlanta is a, a you know thriving city. It's booming right now. It's changed so much in, in the 14, 15 years I was there. And um, I made so many good contacts that'll be lifelong you know, contacts uh, for me, which is, uh, which is great. Now I'm excited for this next chapter. So do you feel like you got, um, by the way, thank you for saying all that. Mm -hmm. That was very transparent there. And you know, 
you are a quarterback, so <laughs> yep. you guys are like held up in this. Uh-huh. Yeah, the perfect human beings. So I appreciate that. But do you have like uh, you talked about a fresh start and everything like that? Does it feel like you're almost going back in time? Like is it there's a fresh energy because you got to prove yourself to a lot of people now, right? And I assume that's how you feel about going into a building with your teammates and your coaches and these fans are pumped for you. But I assume you're like excited to give them a dose of what a Matt Ryan led Colts team could be as well, right? Absolutely. You know, I kind of uh, I'm I'm good buddies with Matthew Stafford, so when it was all going down, you know, I, I kind of called him and said, "Hey, what can you expect? You know, what what are some of the things you're going to go through?" And he was like, "Dude, it, it really feels like you know you're 14 years old and you're going from like eighth grade or whatever, and you're going to that first year of high school where you're a little bit nervous." You know, you're trying to show out, show off a little bit, uh, you know, whatever, trying to, you know, fit in all those different things. And honestly, it does feel a lot like that. You know, you're getting to know new people, you're meeting new friends, you're, you, you know, you're trying to get along with. Hey, with cheers, new... man. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that part, you know, that part's exciting. You're a little anxious, whatever. But um, you also have that feeling of like, yeah, I need to go prove myself, too. You know, I, I need to go prove that. You know, Mr. Ursay and, and, and Chris Ballard and Frank, you know, made a great decision uh, in making this trade. And uh, for me, that's exciting. I think all athletes, you know, to, to some level always have that chip on their shoulder or whatever, or always trying to prove something. Um, and, and this is certainly one of those things you want to prove. Got it, AJ? Matty, how many systems did you play in uh, in your 14 years in Atlanta? And like, how big of a deal is it for especially a quarterback to digest a whole new system? So I think I had six six different coordinators in the 14 years there, which is, you know, looking back on it, you're like, that was a lot of transition. <laughs> a lot of transition. Luckily, most of them went on to be head coaches, which was, uh, it's not like they're getting fired and, and we were playing shitty offense or something like that. You're like, so, good luck, Chuck. Yeah, well, <laughs> at the time, yeah. But um, it was probably really two different systems. You know, I think the biggest the biggest change for me – uh, was the end of 2014 going into 2015 where I had been with Mike Malarkey and Dirk Cutter and it was the same terminology for you know my first six or seven years whatever that is and then Kyle came in and it was like it was like a completely different system totally west coast old school long play calls you know it took like three minutes to get out of your mouth oh. and that was a hard transition so I probably played in two those two systems most of my time there with different play callers. And then, you know, this, I liken it a little bit to that transition back in 14 and 15. So how is the, you know, transition? Because this team is built. Hey, Matt, yeah. listen, I, I chimed in to Kyle, who you've probably got to meet uh, by now, athletic trainer. Yeah, yeah. I was I – was, Kyle and EB were telling me a little story. Legendary about, groups. They, they were telling me a little story about you this morning. Come so, on. About a trip to, uh, I think it was Pittsburgh for a Penguins game or oh, something yeah, like oh that. Oh, yeah. Had a good time. Yeah, had they said they had a real good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Real hey, good that's time, a good group so. there. That whole building is a They're very awesome. good group of people. Like, They're they know awesome. how to win, too. They've been around. Like, you know what I mean? That whole group. It's a cohesive building, right? Like, everybody's rowing in the same direction, uh, which to me, it's so hard to win in this league uh, when everybody is going in the right direction. But when there's different parts of, of the building that might be pulling in different, you know, different directions, it, it's damn near impossible to win. And so it's, it's good to, to come into a building where it feels like that. Uh, you would know better than I. I haven't been there for, for a long time, but you even get that sense the first couple of weeks in the building that it's like, Oh, this, this, this feels good. Like the, these guys have a, you know, good setup going here. Um, where was it? Was there anywhere else that you had to look at for me? Cause this is a super quarter. You were in a good, Hey, 
if you're a veteran who knows how to play football in this particular offseason, then you're maybe on the move. It was a great time to potentially be there because everybody's understanding that if you don't have a quarterback, you need a quarterback. For you, whenever you came to that point where, hey, it might be uh, another chapter going somewhere else, how many different places did you look into and, and what was that process like? Was yeah. your agent telling you places that maybe? Like, how do you even know? Yeah, they, they kind of put together a little rundown on, you know, what, what the landscape of the league looked like. And, and to be honest with you, you know, you go through it and there, and trust me, there were a handful of spots that that you know might might have been interested um but as you look through the rosters to me it was like uh, there, there's one spot you know that that really piques my interest and but it's a two-way street you know you, you you can look at it and say hey you know they they look really good and i'd like to be a part but they gotta you know they gotta feel the same about you and um so i kind of laid it out to my agents that hey if and when this happens you know, I'd like to talk to them first. This is this is the spot that that I'm really interested. What in. you guys Zoom, Facetime? They travel? We zoomed, so it was a Saturday night, uh, and I had never gone through any of this stuff before. But it's it's you know, the hoops they got to jump through to make these meetings happen. Um, you know, are not easy. And so initially, I was supposed to do this thing at like one o'clock. I had T ball, so I've got twin boys. We've got like the T ball opening day parade. Hey, and I was supposed to go have at to one. Be there. Have, have to be there. Have yeah. to be there. So I'm like, guys, I, you know, I'm I'm free anytime after one o'clock. They're like, all right, it's going to be one o'clock. And then you know whatever hoops they have to jump through, I'm like sitting there waiting from one until like six thirty, waiting to get a call. I'm no, like, Jesus. this is oh. a Saturday afternoon. You no, know? But, no, team all parade day. We 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 did it. We we kind of yanked. It. I mean, our what guy, happened? Colts. Conti. It wasn't the Colts. It, it, it would. It, you know, I'm not. It, it doesn't matter how you know how <laughs> down. I'm not going to pin myself in that corner. But. Uh, but it worked out. We were on a Zoom call that Saturday night, spent, you know, a couple, maybe two, two and a half hours with those guys and uh, came away from it. I was up in my office in my house in Atlanta, walked downstairs and told my wife, I said, I think, you know, I think I, I think that's it. I think, you know, we've we've got to make a move. We've got to make a trend, you know, transition. And were you interviewing them? Them interviewing you both? I, th- I think a little bit of both. You know, I think. um they had certainly done their homework going into it, as had I. And then, you know, you kind of get going, you, you, you get talking, and, um, you know, they start talking football. Frank starts going with it, and I'm, you know, listening and then asking questions about, you know, in my head saying, okay, that's similar to a concept that, mm-hmm. I, that I ran before. What, what do you guys do versus this? And uh, Oh, so you guys are talking like high-level football right there. You guys are trying to say who, who's smarter football brain right now? I wasn't. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know, There's only a couple are, are we going to have answers? Are we going to have answers <laughs> yeah. do this? I got to know. Uh, and Frank was able to keep up. That's great news. And Chris, I know. And I want to let you know, this town, whenever there was not no moves made, you know, by free agency with how much money the Colts had and everything, and then at the quarterback position, we ship Carson Wentz out of town, and literally there's just no quarterback. And it's like, what are the Colts doing? What are the Colts doing? And all Chris Bauer kept saying was, just be patient, be patient with his that's southern a, that's accent, a good accent. <laughs> yeah, whatever, that's he's, good. What, whatever that's the hell good. he says, you know. And he is. He's incredible at his job. I think it's very apparent with the the roster and everything like that. And then whenever it was announced that you were coming here, oh, man, 
There's, there were, they would have had a fucking t-ball parade for you here. <laughs> Honestly, this place is like very excited for you to be here, man. Because I think if you look at the roster, and let's talk about the roster because you said you looked at some other places. That roster with the offensive line, you have pillars standing in front of you, like literally coach pillars, organization. And behind you, in Jonathan Taylor, like I texted Kyle to ask you, like, hey, what do you know about <laughs> Jonathan Taylor? Like, hey, this dude is different. Yeah. I got a chance to see him. He can go. The defense is stacked. I don't know what Chris Bowers got in store for the draft, but when you look at that roster, is this the best roster? No offense to any roster in Atlanta. This is not to be taken that way. Yeah. But when on paper, it feels like this roster is maybe one of the best you've ever been on, right? Uh, it's yeah. I think it's one on of paper. It's, it's, on yeah, paper. it's one of them. You know, I think I, I was fortunate. I played on some good teams. Uh, you know, there in Atlanta. I think of you know 2012. We had a really good football team. You talk about skill positions. You, you throw out a Roddy White, Julio Jones, Tony Gonzalez, Mike Turner in the backfield. Jeez, uh, we yeah. had some, yeah. we had some guys. Damn. We had some guys. Um, you know, but I, I do think this roster is is built to win. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, nothing's guaranteed. We got to go earn it, and and that's what I'm excited for. But um, it's good. I mean, you talk about the offensive line. I'm I'm in there like we're lifting weights this time of the year, and you go in, and I'm like, holy shit, these guys are big, <laughs> and like, Moving. and not that like you know big and soft. They're like big and sh and like ripped. Yeah, and uh, it's, two top it's, 100 players in the NFL on that offensive line. I know that 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 makes me feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes me feel real good. It should. Record Ralph Quentin Nelson is he is just an absolute game changer. As soon as he got beauty. on our team, it changed everything. He's a beauty. He um, so my cousin uh, plays for the San Francisco 49ers. My my cousin played at Notre Dame with with Q, and uh, so I've kind of followed him for a long time from afar, just watching my cousin being like, oh, man, Mike, you're playing good, but this other guard's pretty good, too. You, know? like, <laughs> you guys got a nice little offensive line here. And uh, he's he's nasty, you know, he's, he's but like that genuine nasty, yes. you know, like not the not the fake tough. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think he just, you know, I, I haven't played with him, but, you know, watching from afar, it feels like the guys feed off that energy, you know, and, and uh, that level of finish. And not putting up with anything and, and, and kind of protecting the guys around him. I think that's that's huge. Great dude to stand behind. Go ahead, AJ. Matt, you're so like well spoken and put together, like what a, a franchise quarterback <laughs> wants. I think you make people feel good in Indianapolis. I know you make Pat feel good. That, that <laughs> you are under center there, but you ever uh you seen these guys get monster contracts to do TV. Have you thought about future uh, TV gigs you may do? And also I bet your kids would love if you bought uh, Tony Stewart. I think has a thirty million dollar house. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's out of half south. Like yeah. It's a Cabela's. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm not getting a Cabela's up here. Uh, <laughs> maybe something slightly more modest, but uh, you know, a, a little bit about you know what's next. Um, but I don't feel like I'm there yet. You know, honestly, I still feel really good. You know, my body feels really good. Uh, still feel like I can play at a high level, and, and so. You know, from that standpoint, I feel like the competitive fire is still there. And, and this is still, you know, since I, you know, can remember, this is all I've ever wanted to do. You know, like literally all I ever wanted to do was, was you know, play quarterback in the NFL, wherever it was. Uh, and I still feel that way. And, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, hopefully in, you know, a number of years, you know, that, that'll be a decision we have to make. But yeah, like seven years, I'm saying. Yeah, seven, <laughs> seven, yeah, seven. How old are you? I'm uh, 36, but I'm, but I'm saying, you know, right now you look at, you look at some of the older guys been playing that play similar to the way I play. You know, I think there's, there's different ways to play. I know you guys have Aaron on here all the time and, 
I think those guys who are pocket guys that that get the football out, you know, I think there's there's. Um, so you're you know, envisioning with yourself the, with, yeah. with, with, with all the rule changes too. I mean, it's different mm-hmm. from when I first got into the league, and, and you're protected, you know, much differently than than we were at that point. So I think there is, if you take care of yourself, you do the right things. If you want to, and if you're playing at a high level, there's an opportunity to to play, you know, longer than ever before. So we have brainstormed numerous times because you talk about Aaron coming on here with what Tom's doing, where he's eating like avocado ice yeah. cream and stuff like that. And by the way, you look fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you brought in some beers. That's amazing. That's you're a human. That's unbelievable. But if you look at what's going on with the rules changes, everything you're talking about, we've always talked like if you're Aaron, Aaron could play another ten years if he wanted to, almost with how good he, yeah. how good shape is. You were having that exact same conversation as the world is changing. I find that interesting that you're acknowledging that and being like, yeah, I think I can play a lot longer if I can just keep my body together. Do you do any weird shit? And and how do you feel about like how you've transitioned and treating your body? I've been lucky. You know, I, I haven't, you know, I haven't had many nagging things, you know, and, and so, um, you know, and the big ones are like knees, back, neck, those kind of things. And, and I've been fortunate and, and hopefully I'll continue to be that way. Yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. That's Thank cool. you. Found some, yeah, yeah, yeah found some wood to knock off right plastic, over here. But, that's, but, fake, uh, that's fake wood. Yeah, I, you know, I, I work hard. My belief on, you know, is, is everything in moderation, including moderation. So, you know, it's... Oh, that's a next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's okay to have a beer every once in a while or 10, you know, whatever. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Sometimes. So you same diet you've always done. You haven't gone through like a full. No, I've changed. I mean, I've changed a lot since. since You have a body guru. You have a body guru. I, you know, not not really. (laughs) My wife, you know, she's Russell Wilson pays a million dollars a year. We saw a post. Russell Wilson had an arm guy, a leg guy, a foot guy, a wrist guy, a cardio guy, and an upper body guy. And then the Peloton guy was putting an Air Force mask on. (laughs) That's right. He has entire team. They talk about it. LeBron James, I think he has an entire. Team like these, the Tom Brady has an entire fucking company yeah. that goes around it. Do you, you don't you don't do any of that? Uh, not quite to that extent. <laughs> I know. like hearing this. This I, is yeah. good for the Colts. Yeah. This is good for the Colts. Yeah, My belief beer. is, you know, I went I went out to see Adam Dado, uh, who's kind of in that Tom House tree. So I went and saw Adam and Tom House. Who are they? Uh, they're like throwing arm care. Okay. Guys that, that kind of help help you train the way you do. Shout out to Dado and House. Yes. Awesome. Shout right. Out. And Shout so out. and so they're great great guys and, and have helped me a bunch. But I went to them in 2015 and I've I've stuck with that program to maintain kind of maintain your shoulder, maintain your elbow, maintain your low back, maintain kind of those throwing muscles. Um, and, and I'm pretty religious about that. Uh, and then you know from from a training standpoint, I've always been in two places like. In Atlanta, we had really good. We had a really good setup, you know, and people who took care of your body really well. Mm. Uh, and then you come here, and, and you know it. Like you walk into that building, and you start to spend time with these guys, and you say, "I don't have to go outside the house." You know, we we've got really good people in the building here, uh, and the sports science department, you know, uh, here in Indies, they're pretty awesome too. I mean, like, yes, and like I I never seen this thing note meal or whatever that they have that you have to order your meals on. But it, it, it like does the macros of like your breakdown on exactly what you're eating. And I'm like, 
shit, I could be a little tighter than I was. <laughs> <laughs> That's some information I never heard before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think that, that, that stuff's really going to help me out as well. I told you about this as we were walking in, but I feel like Jim Irsay wants to win a couple Super Bowls for the grandkids, you know, and he made a promise mm-hmm. this, to this city. That's right, two. Multiple two. in the same decade. Uh-huh. But I think Jim Irsay, like you're talking about with these note meals and sports science and the building and everything, Jim Irsay's going all in right now. And I think you are another signing of that. Stephon Gilmore, they just yeah. signed. Like, it feels like the only ownership all the way to, have you met jim ursay what have your interactions been with him and he is a beauty that guy <laughs> yeah he he seems great um so i have not met him in person but okay. i've talked to him on the phone and, and we've had kind of a handful of back and forths and you can tell everything in the building is done with the mindset on winning right there's there's nothing that they're doing that's just for show or for uh there's a purpose behind everything they 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 do and as a player, that's really all you can ask for. You know, I don't need like the bells and whistles. It doesn't need to look great. And, and the facility looks fine. I'm not saying that, but like it needs to be set up with winning in mind. What, what are the things we can invest in that are, are going to help us win? And I think, you know, from my short time here, I feel like they've done a really good job of, of keeping the mindset on what's going to help us win. You heighten everybody else too, by the way. As soon as you walk in the building, there's people that are going to step their job up because it's like, hey, Matt Ryan can get there and win. And I want us to have a great relationship, you and me. But I have to bring something up that is terrible. And I have terrible memories in my sports career, and they are awful. You have one that gets referenced all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah. And it has to be very, yeah. very... I'm going to take a big sip of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, cheers. Hey, cheers. Oh, as cheers. we dive into this, cheers. this is where, yeah, we, yeah, this is where right. we become better friends. You know, this is where we got to get in there because I'm intrigued to hear your thought process behind it all because I've, I've had to deal with a terrible situation in sports where the backlash still continues to haunt me to this day, both on Twitter, social media, and in my mind. In that situation, a lot of decisions were made, whatever. How do you use that every single day? And is it something that you think you'll ever be able to fully move past? Well, I think it's always somewhere in there, right? Yes. I, I think it's always somewhere in there. And I don't see that as a bad thing, right? Like, obviously, would have loved for that game to have gone differently. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But didn't. And there's not shit we can do about it now. And so, uh, you know, if if – if you don't use that as a learning opportunity, like as, a, as an opportunity to be better uh, and to be better the next time you're in it, uh, then it's wasted, right? It's, it's one of those scars that you, you know, accumulate throughout your life that's wasted, right? You don't learn from it. And so I do think uh, it makes you like, I don't know the right word to say, but like harder, you know, like, like callous. Yeah, callous. Callous is perfect. Yeah. That's why you do what you do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good yeah. with the words. Um, but it does make you calloused. And and I think that's good because I think that in order to win uh, playoff games, in order to win championships, it takes a hard mindset. It takes a calloused team. And and I think that, you know, as a result of going through that the last time. Uh, whenever, you know, hopefully we can get that opportunity, I think you have that calloused mindset of going in there and saying, no, no, it's never over, you know, either way. And we got to find a way to get the job done. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful in a small way, uh, you know, for that. Do you think you still have the same competitive fire now if that doesn't happen? That's a good question. Uh, I don't – probably not, you know, because it mm-hmm. – 
Hey, I want to let you know the culture thing for what happened. There. Every thing we here, man. You know, Frank started the the team meeting off last week. He was talking about you know the end of last year and, and kind of summing up the last year and that being the last time we talk about it. And he was like, you know, can't change it, wouldn't change it, and because it's brought us to the point where we're at. Uh, and in my head, I'm like, well, there are some things I would like to, you know, some things I would change. <laughs> just, just one, just one, you know, just one small thing, but. You know he's not wrong. You know I I think there are 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 things that happen in your life that get you to the point where you're at, and you know I think they they make you into the person you need to be to be ready for that next great opportunity. And uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, hey, we're pumped for it as well. And cheers to you answering that. Yeah, cheers, cheers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. I was trying to figure out how to ask it. But, you know, you showed up with Stone Cold's beers. I just assumed, like, we should just ask it. But now that you are, you know, in a position to make a run again in that building, you've been in there meeting, how has it gone? Introducing yourself to everybody. Who are some of the people that, you know, you've been uh, kind of taken back and surprised by? Like, oh, leader in the locker room. Are you a vocal leader in the locker room? How have you found, like, making new friends? Because this is probably something that's different. Everybody was coming into your locker room yeah. before. Now you're coming into somebody else's. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That part is is definitely different. You know, even when it was new teammates coming in, it, it, you know, there was still that sense of like, hey, I know how the operation runs around here. And if I see, you know, doing something that either goes against what we were doing or whatever, you're in that uh, position to, to say, you know, hey, that's that's not how we do it here. Your resume warrants respect. Mm-hmm. Correct. And and just the time spent in the same building, right? There's There's always those guys that have been around that building for a long time. And regardless of what their position is, there's a level of respect that comes with that because they've been doing something right, yes. right? Like if you're staying in the same place for a long time, you've been doing a lot of things right. Uh, and it's different for me coming into that building. But guys, you know, I've been surprised by, you know, like a DeForest Buckner to me. Uh, He's massive. Big dude. Big dude. <laughs> there's no question about that. But just like, you know, we're in the training room or whatever, getting treatment in the morning, and, and you hear this guy talk and like, he he's like a special human you know like a really really good dude um you know as professional as they come great mind uh mindset he spoke in front of the team the other day about what the objectives for the offseason were and you were like wow that was like you know and some of those things you've sat in those some Terrible, of them yes. some of them you're like oh my god why you choose him? it feels so uncomfortable why would you choose him right yeah, yeah, and uh you know but he he finished up and you're like man that was really good. Like that was uh, well done. So he's been impressive. Uh, All pro, I, by the way, too. So not only I mean, great that. player, great player, <laughs> yeah. and that only adds to it, right? Like yeah. there are certain guys we've all played with them that you know are, are unbelievable players, but not necessarily like they're not the leaders. You know, all it's, in, it's yeah. not always the guys that that are the best players that that are in the leadership positions. Uh, but it's it's awesome when your best players are the best leaders. Yes. Like that, that to me is is when you've hit it, um, and and he's one of them. Darius Leonard, awesome. I mean, loud. I get in the locker room, <laughs> music's going. He doesn't shut up. They're playing cornhole. They're doing all that stuff, and he's pretty damn good at cornhole too. Yeah, I've heard that yeah. whole that whole locker room. The whole know. locker room's good. Yeah, they were like, "You want to play?" I was like, "Let me see you guys play first. Nah, yeah. I'm good right now. <laughs> I'm gonna have to practice this summer." Hey, you will get hustled in the locker room too, in that in cornhole or any other game that happens as well. Not you. I'm just saying. No doubt. In an NFL a- locker room, anybody. you are trying. They are. Tr- you are trying to get got at any point <laughs> yeah. at that time. 
So that's why I didn't play the first day. Like, oh, let me let me see how this is going first. Fourteen years in the NFL. Yeah, a little bit of experience. <laughs> But it's been good. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, we got to throw yesterday. I threw it with Naheem Hines. Uh, he's, he's backflip in full pads. Unreal. That guy. I mean, crazy athleticism, super fast, really good hands out of the backfield, uh, a worker. The one thing I have been really impressed with coming in is the way the guys work. You know, there there is – and I always think that's the best combination is where you can you can be loose in the locker room, you can be loose walking out onto the field, and then the whistle blows and everybody locks in and you go. And, um, you know, I think there's they're young. You know, they, they might need a little bit of guidance in certain directions, but the culture part, like that part of it, uh, has been really cool to see coming into. Go ahead, AJ. Hey, how fast into that Zoom meeting with the Colts, uh, like, executives, did you know, hey, this is my spot? Uh, I, pretty quick. Oh yeah, you know, pretty quick. Ten fifteen had to play hard to get there for two hours and fifteen minutes. Or? Yeah, I'm, I should have been like, guys, let's save each other some time. This is going to be good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I knew pretty quick. You know, Chris. I one of the things I loved was the Zoom meeting started, and and Chris kind of you know gives a, a bio of his time in Indianapolis. And the thing I loved was it wasn't a highlight reel. You know, he's like, here, here's, here's some of the things we did well. Here's some of the things I screwed up. I wish you could, you know. And to me, like, that is the stuff that sells you. It, it is the self-accountability, you know, the, the not being scared to make a mistake. If we do, we correct it. Um, because that stuff happens. And, and I think one of the things that, you know, can hurt a team is sometimes when you don't acknowledge some of the mistakes that you made, yes. you kind of hang on too long. And, uh you know, that part to me, he said that, and then Frank started talking and going through, you know, his beliefs on, on how they could get better and, and so on and so forth. And I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good. <laughs> oh, you guys want me to talk now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I played in Atlanta a long time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Frank, let's see who's smarter in football. I like that that definitely happened, by the way. That 1,000% happened. You know it. I know it. You two going out. Who can out football IQ each other? Because yeah. there's only a few of you guys that can have those conversations these days. He, I mean, he can go toe-to-toe with anybody. He started going, I'm like, shouldn't ask that question. <laughs> That's like whenever people watch the Manning cast, you know, and another, mm-hmm. like Russell was in there talking to Peyton, and Eli was chiming in, but he's not really, doesn't dive into all the conversations, but Peyton and Russell, you could hear them both trying to out football each other and it was like oh this is awesome i yeah. love when this is happening some guys you have to defer to though right like there's there's a handful of guys that when they go you're just like yep yep i yep. like peyton yeah yeah peyton <laughs> you know tom those guys have uh you know they they they, they just especially the, the guys that were before you you know and, and that's one of the things i respect so much about frank too is like having played the position having come in and played in a backup role like greatest comeback in the history of the nfl and college I know. I like maybe it's the second greatest comeback in the history of the NFL. Probably. You know, like which is which is hard. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, anyhow, uh, it's fucked up uh, a little. <laughs> yeah, a little but bit. Um, you know, but when he goes, but then haven't played with Jim Kelly for so long. Like there, there's just a. You know, there, there's a level of respect that you have for that position, you know, and I think all the guys who, who really, you know, love football, who love, you know, playing the game, you hold the position, like playing the position in a certain regard. Uh, and it, it was cool to hear Frank, you know, talk that way. And, um, you know, I, I have so much respect for how he goes about it. When Tom Brady comes to AFC South, 
did you did you have a relationship with him prior to that? Uh, you obviously went to BC, and he was probably up there at the same time. I don't know if you guys ever met them, but you just put you said Tom and Peyton. Is there guys that you looked at that like inspired the way you play? And was there people that you were learning from while still in the league, even here in the later years, or anybody like that? Yeah, those guys. Those guys were the guys because they were like that. I saw them play in college. I saw them play in the NFL before I even got to college. You know, and so you 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 have this like man, that's what I want to be Fan, like. Yeah, yeah, and then. Um, I got to know both of them. I got to know Tom, um, not while I was at BC. You know, we, we didn't have that great of a, of a following, like, fan base or whatever. It wasn't that big of a deal, Boston College football. And I love it. And um, Matty Ice. Come yeah, the I mean, yeah. Matty Ice, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, had a, we had a good run. We had a good run. But, it, I mean, it's, it's just – it's a professional sports town. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got to know him after I got drafted. And it would be, you know, a text message here or there, kind of a little bit of back and forth. But he was always super helpful, um, you know, super helpful uh, throughout my career of, of if, I, if I needed something or text him about something, he would get back to you. And then he came to the NFC South, and I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> All the other divisions, like, really? Yeah. You know, and then uh, a retirement home happened down there, basically. I know. And, and so they've had a good setup. Um, so he was one of the guys, you know, I looked up to. Drew was another, you know, and I had to play against Drew Brees, you know, every year for for 13 years i mean it was uh i mean just as good as they come man just a competitor uh never out of it um always knew regardless of what team he was rolling in with uh you always knew you had to go out there and 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 you know put up points because he was going to find a way do all quarterbacks get along with each other I, you know, it's one of those positions. I, I kind of think they do. Yeah, you have know? to, right? Because yeah. you guys are the only ones that really understand. Yeah, for for whatever reason, there's, you know, there's just a lot of the guys that I've I've met along the way. We're all you know kind of cool to each other. You're you know you're closer with some than yeah, you, you are with golf, other. But every yeah, yeah exactly. We all golf and you're going to golf today. It looks like. Yeah, maybe. You know, I told you the story before I came on. I was saying uh, a wise old coach, Keith Armstrong, was our special teams coach in Atlanta for like 11 or 12 years. And uh, one of the days he was, you know, it was early on in my career. And I asked him, I'm like, Keith, you going golfing this afternoon? You're in a polo. He's like, Matt, Matt, Matt. He's like, let me give you a piece of advice. He was like, you dress up in golf attire every day. So that nobody actually knows how much golf we play. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, some genius to that, right? Yeah. You don't want to be the guy who's playing too much, you know, or whatever. So if you show up in it every day, uh, but in fact I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna go play with some of the teammates this afternoon. <laughs> you good player? You good player? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. You're real good. I'm I'm okay. What do you shoot? Seventy three. Um. Yeah, I'm usually oh, he's like better. low, mid, mid seventy, something like that. But it's uh, pretty good. You have so much like, fun. I feel like I feel like you, you have know, so oh much fun God. when you're golfing. That has to be so much fun. What's that? You go, you're like a plus handicap. At times, I have been plus. Oh, uh, I'm currently not. Yeah, I'm currently. Oh, okay. so you're really fucking? Very, no, very no, 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 no. I'm okay. I'm okay. Oh, shut up. Too. <laughs> yeah. oh, shut well, here's the thing, though. There's levels of good, right? So I've gotten to play uh, with some, like, really good players. Play, you know, P- PGA up? Tour. No, I didn't. I played football, basketball, and baseball all the way through high school. So we Started would... when you got in the NFL. Yes. So, I mean, you got to figure out what to do with the offseason time, That's right? Tough. And in Atlanta, I was saying it a little bit before, you have beautiful winter weather, right? And so oh, yeah. you're golfing, you know, whenever you finish up, you're golfing you know, I'd work out in the morning and at the time I was only dating my wife, but at the time I had, you know, she was working. And so, 
she wouldn't get home till like 6.30. I'd be done at like 9. I'd be like, all right, I got, I got, to, fill, I got to fill this void. And let's not fill it with something that's going to you know, get my ass out of the league real quick. So <laughs> golf was a good choice. So you said whenever you play alongside people, who do you play? You play against like Tiger? Well, I've never played with Tiger. Um, oh, man, what's the whoa. deal? Huh. This guy stinks. No, yeah, like Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I played with Phil Phil uh, a handful of times. Uh, recently? When I, uh, <laughs> I talked to him recently. <laughs> this is prior to all of this stuff. But he was always he was really cool to me. Um, but I've, I've, I've gotten to know, you know some of those tour players. And then you play with them, and you think like, oh, man, I'm getting better. you know. And then you go and they you get, you? oh, my God, get dusted. I mean, they're good. They're they're there's they're just a different level of. I mean, you know, you people probably tell you all the time, I could do this, I could kick, I could put, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, and then you see them doing, and you're like, you suck, you know. Yeah, that's, that's valid. That's a that's, valid point. That's it what is, they. That's what they think of like even decent country club golfers. Isn't it just you versus the course though? Like it, bullshit. <laughs> I think it is you. To me, it's all about the bet. Oh, what's I, on the line? What do we got? Uh, yeah. Are you a I, wolf player? You you like to go? What do you play? Am I what wolf in the game? Wolf. Oh, I like wolf. Like? I like wolf. Um, we we play some wolf. We play this game hammer. We play hammer. That'll cost Whoa. you. Yeah, yeah especially when hammer die. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a buddy who plays this game. We call it Vegas, <laughs> and uh, it's like a cumulative team score, and there's a dollar amount to whatever you're playing, and uh, it can whoever's down can kind of alter whatever the dollar value is. Why don't you do you play any of these celebrity tournaments or anything like that? And how do you do? I did okay. I played in that American Century tournament Ooh. like my first four years, Whoa. but the timing is tough uh, when you're still playing and you're on the East Coast. The timing was tough because it's like a week or two right before training camp, and it's you know it was kind of hard to get to. And so when I got married, and then. Um, and then had the kids, it kind of cuts in at a hard time where you're doing some of that family vacation before you get to training You camp. think you could compete in that, though? Well, I don't know. It's been probably 10, 11 years since I played. I'm a much better player now than I, than I was then. Conti, get his fucking yeah, ass in the tournament. Get him the top. The I'm not going. Quarterback to when win. I'm done, when I'm done, I'll go. When I'm done playing. I mean, you could win. You're shooting low 70s. I mean, you could you could. Yeah, you've been out. Sure. You've been out. I mean, it's, He's there that, every that year. one's about... It's like don't make don't make any double bogeys <laughs> and make some make some birdies. This is my first year there this year. You're playing? Yeah, man. You're gonna love it. It AJ, I mean, it is best. it is an awesome time. It is I used to go out, so my younger my my younger brother and my older brother would go with me and um we would <laughs> We would fly out to Vegas for like three days beforehand, and then go to Tahoe oh, after that. Idea. And get dialed Smart. in. That's a good everything. idea. Smart. That's, it was, that's, that's, great that's, idea. I think that's yeah. what you need to do. That was my typical routine. Yeah. Boom. And uh, yeah, won't be and tired at all. Dialed. How old were you? You were twenty something though. I was young. I got yeah, a funny exactly. story from when we were out there. So <laughs> I don't know if I'll put names on it, but Smart. my don't, my, don't, my younger brother he would caddy for me, and he was in high school and college at the time, and so I I went like. They, they ask you, would you like to play as an amateur or professional? And I'm like, well, what's up? And they were like, well, if you play as a professional, you get whatever money, you know, whatever oh. place. You, I was like, I'll play as a pro. <laughs> and so uh, I would tell my younger brother, he would caddy. And so uh, he and my older brother would alternate days. And so my, my younger brother, I said, hey, whatever, you know, whatever I make, you know. You're a pro golfer. You'll get it. You'll get it. Not anymore. I think I've got my amateur status back. <laughs> but uh, it's been so long. But. 
So anyhow, we're at this dinner. They have like a welcome dinner or something one of the nights. And so my younger brother's like, he's like 18 years old or 17 years old. And we're sitting at this dinner and there's this legendary head coach who was retired at the time who had like a winery. And we're sitting around talking and we're drinking wine and all this stuff. And, and they're going around the table asking, <laughs> asking the, you know, everybody what they do. And they get to my younger brother and they're like, so John, what do you, you know, what do you do for a living? And he's like, well, I'm a senior in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Just smashing their water, drinking like it was beer. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, Golf trips are awesome. I can't wait to go out there. Good luck this afternoon, golf. And the boys have some questions for you. Is that all right? Yeah, let's go. Go ahead, Ty. Matt, you mentioned having a chip on your shoulder, too, like every competitor does, and, you know, that you want to play several more years. Does it piss you off at all? I feel like these last few years, like, your name doesn't really get mentioned with those really elite guys. And as a Packers fan, I mean, I've watched you fucking gut them time and time again. Does that ever get to you at all, or is it one of those things where you've played for so long, you know what you're capable of, you know what you can do, so you really don't give a shit what the media is saying? Yeah, I think I think the the older you get, the less you care. Um, there, there's no doubt about that because callous. Yeah, exactly. I, I I do think that you know, and and um, I think you you stop worrying about what other people say. Uh, you start valuing more the opinions of the people you trust. Uh, I know what I'm capable of. I know what I can do. Uh, and I'm confident, uh, you know, in, in my ability. But you know, it's always nice to prove those people wrong too. You know, there's there's still you know that part of you that's like, yeah, you don't really know what you're talking about, and uh, I'm going to show you. Yeah, and, Drew, Drew so, Brees said, "Give me all of that." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you know it's it it's it's so different now too because it's it's just constant. You know, mm-hmm. even even my first couple of years, it wasn't as constant. You know, whether it's Twitter or it's you know people coming at you or. or anything uh i think it's just more constant now so you become numb to it to a certain extent but you also you know it's, it's not bad to prove people wrong hey uh you and julio still get along pretty well just slid that in there that was yeah. nice well you know i was just like, proving people wrong i think he's got a lot of, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right julio, like, too. a lot of people say bad things about julio yeah, yeah. that was a distraction bad for the titans mm-hmm. they said Young he yeah he's got so much to prove still. yeah he's sounds like it. He's an he's an absolute specimen in my eyes. You still good. talk to him ever? Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, 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 good relationship. Uh, yeah, very good. You know, I love him. Uh, so we played ten years together. And is he free agent? Um, he is. Yeah, he's available right now. Really? Yeah, he's available. Draft spectacular tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would be cool right before then. Chris is on. <laughs> Chris Bauer knows. Anyways, go Call ahead. Him. Yeah, ten years together. Awesome cool. guy. Awesome, awesome dude. Great player. Great teammate. Um, I mean. Nobody impacted, and I played with some great players, but nobody impacted my career as significantly as he did. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. He was he was uh, one of the best players you'll ever play with. Also an excellent card player. I was about We're to big say. Big on the back back of the plane. He was one of the guys I'd play Tonk with all the time on the flights home. So oh, Tonk, good game. Good game. Good. And not many people know it. Tonk, great game. Great game. Yeah. Cash changes quickly quickly which is uh which is good because you never you just got to get hot late as soon as that flight's coming down you need to get hot <laughs> and then roll uh i saw julio playing and i was about to say i saw him playing uh blackjack in the bahamas at a uh a resort or whatever and i was i saw it was at the pool and i saw this human he was wearing a white cloth tank top and he was playing every single hand or whatever, and his shoulders like ate up the next seat over in the middle of it. And I was like, God damn, that's the biggest motherfucker I've ever seen. <laughs> so I get out of the pool, I am rather intoxicated, and I just like do like a peer over and I look, I'm like, fuck, that's a wide receiver in the end. That is Julio fucking Jones. He is 
massive. The the sheer size and athleticism of him. I mean, what a prototype for a fucking wide receiver. And he was a good dude. That's great news. Yeah, great dude. He was he was uh, he was an awesome teammate. But yeah, he's I mean, as physically like gifted as as anybody I've ever seen. Yeah. Stunned. He should be a Colt, yeah. Go Colts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. But you uh, mentioned talking <laughs> to uh, Matt Stafford. Yeah. Did you reach out to Philip Rivers at all just because he did the same thing and came here to Indy? I did, yeah. I talked to Philip, um, you know, as the process was starting to get going just to pick his brain about coming in, about yeah. Frank, about Chris, about his time here, uh, what he thought. You know, another guy I played against for a long time. Uh, and have so much respect for, um, and he was great. You know, uh, really, you know, really insightful, really helpful, uh, really honest, and um, you know, he, he's he's one of the good dudes. Tom, I don't know if I just noticed it more last year, specifically the 49ers game. Um, you were just putting your head down and, and running, trying to run through people. And I, feel like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like at 35, 36 years old, like, it, and I feel like I saw you bleeding a few times last year, more than a few times last year. Was that just because like you felt you had to make plays more with that roster or situation? Like, I mean, people you, calling you soft. You're trying yeah. to prove yourself. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm quite comfortable with my level of toughness. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think you do get a feel for the team you're on, um, how you're going to win games, what you have to do to help mm -hmm. the team win games, and and that's that's different every year. Uh, I you know I love the the guys on the roster I was with last year. Man, they 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 played hard. They they gave you everything they had. Uh, but we had to you know we had to find ways mm -hmm. um, to 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 do the job, and and that was one of them. You know, in in certain situations. You know, you've you've got to get out and you've got to try and make a play. I'm not trying to run people over often, <laughs> but sometimes hey, you got to. I got smoked on the one end. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let's not do that. That was a bad yeah. mistake. Hey, hold on. Let's. I went in and then I was like, oh no. Yeah, let's oh, not. No. Hey, we need that not happen. Yeah, I just yeah. Let you know that. Yeah, last year we had a quarterback sprain both of his ankles one play. I, I know that. Uh, Who did that? From afar, I was like, how? Yeah, yeah. It was painful. <laughs> and guess what? He got right back out there. He tried to do it again. Uh huh. And that was all. Almost like the, um, it was scary to watch him play because his highs were so high. He was so good. Sure. But then he was like, he literally did not care about his body at all. So as I'm hearing you talk about wanting to run people over. No, 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 no. Oh no. my I God. I think you misheard. I no, I don't want to run Ryan people said, over. I'll run <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, well, we appreciate you stopping by, man. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you. A couple quick questions, though, that we have to get cleared up. Mm. Okay. You walk into a store, okay? And it's like a farming store. <laughs> oh man! Okay, oh, this is okay. new. This is new to me. No, no, you, I think okay. you'll get it right. Okay. I think Hopefully, you'll get it right. tractor supply. There, tractor yeah. supply. There's a John Deere tractor right here, and then there's a Bobcat tractor right here. Which one are you more likely to purchase, Matt? John Deere. Oh yeah! Oh, my dad had one growing up. Oh, oh hell, all you need oh, to yeah. know. That is yeah. all you need to know. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, that was the only question. <laughs> Perfect. Holy shit. All right, that was the most important part of this whole thing. <laughs> Super Bowl for sure. Yeah. 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 Bucket, yeah. Bucket. Super Bowl. Do you want to guarantee a Super Bowl or anything? No, nah, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Right. Come on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I can't say thank you enough, dude. Thank you so much for coming by. Thank you for being cool. Uh, thank you for the beer. Yeah. What? 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 Steve Austin's Broken Skull American Lager. What? what? Also available as an IPA. What? what? 
I uh, drank 55 of these mm-hmm. <laughs> WrestleMania night. Yeah. They were delicious. Uh, they are pretty good, man. They're, they're very, very good. First yeah. One. Yeah, yeah, very good. It's pretty good. First one, bad friend. You said you were friends with Steve. You didn't. I know. Me. This is bad. Steve, my bad. Yeah, I, I'll get on it. No, we're past it. New yeah. chapters, new That's beginnings. Right. That's, That's right. right. First one in my body, my body guru told me, like. Uh, <laughs> ladies Mark. and gentlemen, the new quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, we can't thank you enough for your time. Good luck with everything. Matthew Ryan. All right, we're back tomorrow uh, at noon. We'll go noon to 2 tomorrow. Then, obviously, Draft Spectacular starts at 8. New vlog at 7.50. Same link. We'll launch that tomorrow. Thank you to all of our guests. Thank you, Matt Ryan. You are the best, dude. Thank you, guys. AJ, you're the best. Everybody, cheers. We'll see you tomorrow. Big day tomorrow. Everybody get rest. Here we go. Tomorrow's a big day. Draft Spectacular day. Cheers. See you then.